Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, let's do it live on a first Friday miracle edition of the program. How you living, threes? I'm good, man. I'm good. Got I, look. I battled through a workout this morning, so yeah. I wouldn't say I, you know, excelled. I sure. would say, you know, with with baby waking up a couple times, we had both mm. of the other girls coming in. Hayden comes in, which means I have to walk her back, cuddle her for about a minute, say goodnight, you know, kiss in the forehead, boom, back in, and then London on the little curveball comes in at about four. I uh, do the same. Hey, I don't carry her. I just said go go back, go back to your. Bed. <laughs> You know, it's enough. Um, get, and then when home. I get up at five fifteen, I kind of sneak out of our laundry area and I get spooked. London's laying on the floor with a blanket and a and a her stuffed animal, her build a bear as a pillow, right outside her bedroom. I'm like, honey, what are you doing? Not in the bed, just on the Not floor. In the bed, and I like in the hall. Her. What are you doing? She goes, I wanted to cuddle mommy. I'm like, well, you didn't, you didn't even say anything to mommy. I'm like, what do you mean? Like you could have went. I mean, you have bunk beds. You could have went in your bunk. You could have slid in with your sister. Right. Anyway, a lot of so options here. Just scared me. I'm like, what is this laying here? I mean, is, this, is this a kid? Anyway. Yes. In fact. That, <laughs> yes. In fact. So that was my morning. Kids Got the workout in. We have. Um, I, we bet we have some very exciting news. Uh, this first Friday miracle is, in fact, brought to you by our great friends at Chattanooga Whiskey. Now, get ready Woo! for the weekend, and in fact, partake today on your first Friday with Chattanooga Whiskey. It is the only Tennessee high malt bourbon crafted for a distinctively rich and complex character. It's available at your local Central Ohio Columbus liquor stores and retail stores. Drink Chattanooga Whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. I have a bottle of this. Um, we will I get don't. into it on your officially that's endorsed. A, that's well, very nice. That's very nice of you to share. I, I do think that one Newsflash, thing that's happened Chattanooga here. Chattanooga Whiskey sent two to Bo, and he <laughs> said, hey, no. give one the threes. And what happened was Bo drank one and said, well, how the hell with threes? I'm keeping I haven't. Two. No, I, I've opened one bottle. I've opened one bottle. And I think one common thing between the two of us is that there are things that need to be exchanged. We just haven't seen each other in 56 weeks. That's true. So that could be... Yeah. Well, I guess I guess last summer maybe we saw each other a little bit, but it's been a bit since I've seen it's been you in a person. While. It's been uh, a while. So we're we're thrilled to have this and 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 welcome aboard and uh, thrilled that they're a part of the program. Um, also, uh, you'll hear a little bit more about uh, some of their varieties coming up in your officially endorsed. We have that to look forward to, which Amazing. is very nice. How about that? We will. Um, that? We should I, just I play was, the Lightning the rest of the year. How about that too? We should just play Tampa every game. You know, either that or I should start saying. Every single day that um, I'm on the show, that I've basically put a nail in the coffin of the jackets because that seems to be the two things that um, turn out to me. Four goals. My goodness. We should have a parade. When you have a day like we had yesterday and a day like we're going to have today, yeah. and and I've, it's been well illustrated and documented the amount of things that I have 
with the children right now. So we had lacrosse practice, uh, we have basketball practice. These things are mm-hmm. are all starting to intersect. And honestly, I don't know how the schedule is going to make it work. Um, and I, you have to make executive decisions as a parent and as a human. How am I going to get give my time? Yeah. What is going to occupy my time? Um, and my kids, of course, and you most, hopefully, your kids come first. That's the way that it goes. So um, I made the executive decision yesterday that I have watched enough of this team for a while. I've kind of seen how it's gone. Yeah. I kind of know what they are. Uh, yeah. I said yesterday that this was how this would go. Playing Tampa Bay, we're going to play great. We talked about with Chody. Like, yep. He talked about it last week when you were, uh, when you were in Arizona with Bids and I. When they play Tampa Bay, they play great. There's yeah. something to it. There's juice to it. There's extra extra bump in the step. I don't know what it is. This was very predictable. Yeah. This was this. They Tampa Bay is not playing great coming into it. This was very predictable. Yeah. It. I don't know. I almost get mad about it. To be honest, when mm-hmm. I when I check it, when I see what I get the kids to bed and I go see what happened, and I and I take a look at the recaps and I watch the, the highlights and I see the goals and I see the way that it went and mm-hmm. I kind of get angry because I can't I don't think I think it's a mirage I think it's fool's gold um, I feel like I've got this team pretty well pegged about who they are mm-hmm. um, and and I don't think it's sustainable and I don't think it should change the way that Yarmo Kekalainen looks at the deadline next Monday I don't think it should change the way that we look at this organization going into the summer um, but it there's a false hope to it, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's where – this is why I, I'm with you. I get mad too because it's – what you're doing is you're flirting with me. Like you're the girlfriend who's like, I, you know, wait, so are we together or are we broken up? Yeah. I don't know. Like she doesn't want to say to the rest of the school that we're together, but she doesn't want to lose you. So she's stringing you along. That's how I feel the Blue Jackets are doing to me. I think that's how I feel is that – I want to hope for a playoff run selfishly because I want to have something to watch on TV. Sure. Right? And I want to be um, excited about that. However, like you said, like I, I, I turned the game on and I'm like, I almost expected, to be honest, when it when we were up and they pulled the goalie with, what, like seven minutes left and they score, I'm thinking to myself, oh gosh, this yeah. is going to come back. Like, that was my, like, honestly, that was what I thought. Even, even yep. though I know in my head how impossible that seems, um, I was just like, this is just, this is going to happen to us. This is it, you know? And I just want to like, either rip the bandaid off and break up with me or else let's, let's do this. And I don't think there's anything on the team to say, let's do this, right? I think it needs to be ripped off. And, and you're right. I don't think anything changes next week with the deadline. But every time we've said it, they win one or two in a row. And then we get our hopes up and we're like, well, maybe. And then you get swept by the Red Wings. And I just don't know. I don't know how to handle it anymore. I'm almost ready to be. Let's just let's, let's deal with what we got to deal with, right? And and kind of move on. That's where I'm at. Let's, so let's, just let's take let's, sell. let's take your your analogy. It's a good one. Let's take it a step further. So if it's the girlfriend that that keeps stringing you along, mm-hmm. I guess where I am, I'm at the stage where I've been strung along and now I'm out. I'm yeah. out. And You're I, out. it's funny. I remember this vividly, and I'm sure you have these stories. I'm sure people out there listening have these stories. I remember this vividly in college where. Long time, yeah. Every you get your heart broken. This was the yeah. one girl who broke my heart. It happened in college, sophomore year, and it was strung along for months. And it, you know, and I could, you know, couldn't get over it. Love her, gonna marry her, blah blah blah. So yep. 
finally uh, find someone else that piques the interest, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go out on on a little date. That's what you did back in the old days, kids. You went on a date. Uh, to mm-hmm. you went to a What's dinner. What's that? Yeah. yeah, you went on. Yeah. yeah, you had to ask a girl out. You weren't swiping. You had to physically yeah. ask her out in person. Yeah. Usually, um, is the way that that worked, or you'd call whatever. And so you okay, see this we're thing going. I saw. Out. I think it was on Shark Tank. Um, yeah, there's like a button next to your bed for married couples. It's yeah. like they thought it was some genius idea. Hey, it's uncomfortable to ask your wife or husband if you want to, you know, get it on. Just push the button, and if you don't get a ding, <laughs> guess what? She hasn't pushed it. But if you do hear a ding. <laughs> What? Let's just make it a little socially awkward. More, more awkward even for married couples. Really? A yeah. It was absolutely. Look it up. It was a phenomenal well, episode. Um, yeah, I mean, I think maybe I'll install one of those. But back to the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, somehow the, the girl who broke my heart got wind of me going on this date, right? Mm-hmm. So the night before... And I hadn't heard from her in months, and a couple months. Says, "Yeah, you're done. You're over it. You moved yeah. on. Whatever." I get a call. Would you? Maybe we should go out. You know, tomorrow nights. There's some things I need to discuss. Oh, of course. Wait, what? <sighs> what? What are you talking about? Three months ago, we could have done this. We could have had this conversation three months ago. And yes, of mm-hmm. course. Too late. It's yeah. too late. The ship has sailed, kid. And that's I'm that guy now. With this team, yeah. I, I am past it. I, I think that my hope for this franchise, which has provided me so, and us so much fun over the last few years in the postseason, in spring, these runs, the, the, the fact that you and I in this show got to enjoy that beatdown of Tampa in the first round oh, in that man. series against Boston yeah. in the early parts of this show, that was, that's a pure joy. Um, I grew up around hockey. You grew up loving hockey. Um, and, and to be able to have that and to see how this community comes around hockey, awesome. Yes. I don't need it anymore. What I want is a contender. That's what I want. Yeah. And I don't think as currently constructed and in terms of identity, we are. And I, I'm at the point now where I'm not going to be fooled by what happens. I can see the lack of talent in center ice. Um, I can see the things that we need. There's a lot. Uh, I can see the miss, the, the, the parts don't fit. Mm-hmm. And so, no thanks. No thanks. I'm going to go on a date with this, with this girl now, and we're going to move on. And that's, that's where I am with this team. Um, and so, whatever happens over the, over the weekend, over the next few days, for me, it's not going to change the way that I view them now. There's yeah. too much water under the bridge for me, pal. Yeah, you know, there's only a few players who have kind of changed my opinion of them. Um, I think Max Domi is one of them. Um, Max, when he first came over, it was kind of like looked lost. It took it just took a little while to settle in. You can understand it as a as a player and changing organizations and stuff. But he seems to be so much more comfortable. Like the way he's setting guys up, the assist he had. Uh, the goal. I mean, he he is playing at a high level, um, mm-hmm. and I love his. I think his scrappiness fits. You know, like his the way he wants to get under the skin of other players and stir things up. I think that fits the heartbeat of this team. Um, if that's still who they want to be, you know, the physical outwork you that brand. But then there's other guys that yeah, need to move. You know, and I think that's the the hard thing. Um, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Uh, 
Corpy played great, by the way. I just, yeah, he was Corp- great. I had to point that out. Corpy played amazing uh, last night. He was. But you're right. I, I don't know. I just, you know, at this, you're right. At this point, it's the next step, right? It's the, you, look, we've made the playoffs, you know, a couple years in a row. Um, things have been trending upward. We had that magical experience where the whole town was captivated. And so now it's, yeah, you know, that's not going to, because you're going to get to a point, even if you do make the playoffs this year, you're going to get to a point where the hockey fan here is not the hockey fan of 20 years ago. Like, they are educated in the fact of, like, they see it. You can't fool the fan. I, yeah. I know plenty of Blue Jackets fans no, who are like, just, don't yeah. care, sell, sell. You know, because we don't want to get to the playoffs just to get beat. You know, no, you got to win the cup. Right. We don't want to get to the postseason. You know, like yep. you know, it'd be like being the Browns or the Bengals getting there without a QB. You know, like so all these teams that make the playoffs in a bad division. You're like, okay, so what? To get stomped the first week without a quarterback. Um, yeah. You feel like that's how you are right now. You're an NFL team without a QB that's in a bad. You know, like oh, we'll limp our way in in the NFC East and we'll find a way to get in the playoffs and then we'll get we'll get swept or something. Um now, having said that, you know my theory. I love to just give me a chance and who knows, but yeah. That was with much talented, way more talented teams the last 2 years where you had at least a, a guy or two who could carry a and a goalie. You know, we have the goalie, but do we have the whole thing? I just don't the vibe still isn't there, but maybe like I said if you play the Lightning every single game here on out because that seems to be the team you get up for. And you play well yeah. against. I, I, I don't. I don't. I think that as an organization, you don't want to be, you know, the fresh upstart anymore. No, you know what I mean. We've yeah. been that enough. Like it's t- it's time yeah. to to retool this to figure out what the future of this organization is. And f- to me, you know, wildly flailing to get the eight seed isn't isn't it? And I think it's right. easier to do it in a year where you're not. When you're not having fans mm-hmm. and you don't have this huge financial gain of playing in the postseason the way that you normally would in terms of selling out the building, um, you know, I, I think I think it's a good time to do it. I think this I think this community's ready for it, and yeah. I think the hockey fans in this town are ready for it. I think they're smart enough to understand that that a couple of steps back for a couple of big steps forward is is the right path ahead. You hear from John Tortorella on that. Um, Sam Monson, our buddy, will join us in the 10 o'clock hour um, on the Sam Darnold trade, what it means going forward, how this draft could stack up at the quarterback position. Uh, we will get to that as we go along on the program. And in the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to go through every team in the Big Ten in spring football, how are we doing? Uh, what what big questions need to be, get answered? Scott Doctorman will join us on that on the Iowa Hawkeyes, starting with the Hawkeyes today. Uh, also, the we'll kind of do have a little fun with the uh, with the coaching hires that have been made at Ohio State over the last twenty years, and, and how that kind of set the table uh, for where this program is right now. And of course, you're officially endorsed at the uh, at the end of the program. It is a first. Oh, plus. Hey guys, ten o'clock. Get them in. Uh, hashtag Hey guys to Chopper. Uh, ask us literally anything as long as Chops can say it on the air, and we don't get thrown off the air. So lots of fun on the program for you today. Off and running. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. The off season is a myth. Serving you twenty four hours a day, seven days a week to feed your sports addiction. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Threes and Uncle Bo. If you know, you know. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. It brought to you by a great friends at Window Nation. If you're in need or search for a place at Windows, check them out at windownation.com. They will take care of you the way that they take care of us. 866-90-NATION today. 
Um, this this is interesting. How a couple of interesting stats. I saw this from from Porty's story today in the Athletic. Um, three one and one against Tampa Bay. Hmm. Three of the season's eleven regulation wins against Tampa Bay. So it's just told you, just play the lightning. Play the lightning all the time. The defending champions play them all the time. Here was uh, yeah. here was John Tortorella on a couple of things the Jackets did well. Develop more offense. Uh, I thought checked better at certain times in the game. Yeah, we, we, we certainly, I thought, handled the puck better in the neutral zone. We, we just turned too many pucks over our last few games. It cost us. Uh, gave us a chance to forecheck. Yeah, and th- so you, you do get this win, but there is a, a, a cloud over this, and that is the injury to Boone Jenner. Um, now, Torts won't, typically will not go into injury details. Uh, this is on a deflected shot. Uh, it's to the hand. It doesn't sound good, and I think you can draw your own conclusions from that based on what John Tortorella said. Chops, let's have a listen to uh, Torts on the injury to Jenner. It would be huge. I mean, he's playing 20-plus. I, I, I think going into the third period, I played him more than a defenseman. Uh, I think he played 15 minutes plus. He's been a huge part of uh, face-offs. He ends up getting a lot more ice time because sometimes he gets stuck on the ice after face-offs. Yeah, that, that's a huge part of our team. I know he's snake-bitten, and you know sometimes it, it, it gets ugly with him, but there's no one on this team that plays harder than him. And uh, the situation we're in here, uh, that, that's the guy you want leading the charge. So, yeah, I'm not so sure we're going to get good news there. Well, that ain't great. Um, no. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I think you, if, you, if you hear torts, buddy, you can hear everything that we talked about in the first segment. It's all there for you. It's all there for you. And it has been yeah. for a month and a half, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it has. And, you know, you feel bad for – you really feel bad for Boone. And you're right. He's a guy that obviously he trusts a whole ton. Um, yeah. And that that's – it's just too bad because, you know, you think of this team – this team just can't afford – we talk about this team full strength, let alone dinged up and with yeah. injuries and stuff of that nature. So um, it, it is it, – it's a tough blow. Because it's a it's a it's an energy guy, it's a culture guy. It is a, um, it seems from everything about about him, a dude that just gets it, you know, and it's just ready to work mm-hmm. and, and go attack and, and grind out and do the the dirty work as well. And it's not it's not the guy that you want to to go down, you know. It's like you feel like it's Nick and and it's Boone are like two of the most identifiable things when you think of Blue Jackets, and one of those guys going down just. It hurts. It hurts. It's a it's a blow. Um, there will be guys in that locker room who start thinking like, "Man, can we get a break? You know, can we?" Yeah. Um, and so even when you win, it's the way the season has gone for the Jackets. Even when you win, you still feel kind of like, "Damn, well, you know, that wasn't, you know, we got the dub, but we we basically lost one of our our heartbeats." So that's that's what stinks about this one. Yeah, and it's um, this is what's hard about, and it, especially in in the NHL and in the NBA um, and Major League Baseball to a certain extent, but because of the way that the Major League Baseball entry draft is set up and the the contracts that are given to young players, 
if you draft a young player, you can have him for a long time. I mean, that's yep. kind of the way it works. If you draft well and you develop well, I mean, the Indians are a perfect example of this. They, it's tough this year for them, uh, but they've had an incredible run here over the last 15 years of being largely relevant, getting to within the bottom of the ninth inning of winning the World Series. They've made the playoffs consistently. There's a straightforward path. I mean, Tampa Bay, there's a straightforward path. You think about the Rays and the amount of success they've had in the last 15 years. Now you ebb and you flow, but if you draft right and you develop right, you can get at bats at the highest stage. It is so hard in the NBA. It is so hard in the NHL. If you are not a glamour franchise, if it's just difficult and yeah. you need to draft, develop, and then the guys that you draft and develop, we did this. They have to love you. They have to want to be there. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just, we're a great example. That team that beat Tampa Bay, if that group could have stayed together, that's a team that makes sustained runs at the cup. They do. Mm. You, if everybody stays healthy, everybody resigns back. Panarin's still here. All, all of that's going on. You're going to make runs at the cup. They didn't want to be here. Yep. So then you have to decide, well, what do you want to be? You know, and that's the, that's the spot I think the franchise is at right now. And I, I'm just past being, you know, fooled by, you know, 4-2 win against Tampa Bay, you know, right. on a Tuesday. I applaud them. It's entertaining. It's not, to me, it's not sustainable in terms of the, the overarching goal, which for me, if you're going to be a professional organization, you played it. You ought to, the goal ought to be to go win it. And the, the reality here is Tampa's been struggling. I mean, you could see yeah. this coming. Uh, Jody even said it. Like you could see this coming. Tampa's not playing well. Um, look, the Panthers are the best team in Florida. Yeah, you know, could be one of the hottest teams in the league. So they are playing at a level. And, and quite honestly, the two games we played against them, we looked like we didn't belong on the ice. Right. You know, like they it was. You know, they 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 owned us. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to be fooled by this. I don't think anybody will. And the thing is, is I don't think I think honestly, our our fan base, the Jackets fan base, isn't fooled by this. They they no. understand. They're smart. Yeah. And yeah. maybe if it's fifteen years ago, you know, the diehard hockey fans that are like, finally we have it they would have, you know, understood this, but you know, the the, the new fans wanna know they would have been like, No, come on, we're winning, yay, you know. We're not we're not there. We're a new I think we're on a we're on a it's kind of like an adjustment phase or a transition is probably the best. The transition phase of yay for the playoffs to no, like give me a competitor, like a legit. Yeah, you know, like I, I don't want to just squeak in. I want to contend. Two. I want to contend. I want to win. I want. How about we win a, like an actual division, right? Like you know, do one of those and and get seated higher than eight. <laughs> you yeah. know, and yep. we're the best of seven. Is that nationwide? You know, versus the most time versus. Um, so it's it's this. It's a new expectation. It's a it's a you know what we have been pleasing the fan base with these playoff runs and, and the eight seed and all that. Um, to where that now that's not enough, and that's good because it's a sign of of maturity within the program, within the yeah. organization. Of, Absolutely, there's a new growth to it, and that's what you should expect. It's like for the it, it, it's amazing the correlation, somewhat to the it's not perfect, but to the Browns. Browns yeah. made the playoffs this year, and so next year, guess what happens now? There's that expectation, and if you Go make the, the playoffs division. and loot, you know, like there's a there's a certain step up. There's an mm-hmm. understanding of like, okay, we know what that feels like. 
It's not going to be this huge parade down by the lake for a playoff run, you know, or, or just a making it, you know, which it was. Now it's going to be the expectation of and you already see it. Let's win the North. Yeah, win the Go North win the division, That's and then get a you know, like you're, you're one of the best teams in the AFC. And quite frankly, as you look back, you had KC on the ropes. If you don't fumble into the end, there's all this. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if you take it, yeah, it, it, it's it's just a, it's a it's a paradigm shift of, mm-hmm. oh man, I can't believe we made the playoffs. To okay, now I expect that. What's next? And that's what you yeah. want for your organization. And sometimes what's tricky about that, Bo, as you know, is that teams get, and this is front offices too, you get so used to being the one to get over the hump to now there's like, if you don't take the next step, you don't publicly come out and say it, but there is a underneath feeling of, oh, come on, look what I've done. Look what this franchise used to be. You know, like there is, I, I've been a part of it. I've been around it. Um, there was kind of a subtle undertones of it, to be honest, in New Orleans, because you know we, I was at, I was there at a time when they were seven and nine, seven and nine. And the defenses weren't playing well, and they were missing the play. And so there was kind of a little, almost like an arrogance of, do you forget we won a trophy here? You know, yeah. and what were the Saints before this? And that can happen too. Like so, if the it's 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 tricky, it's hard, and that's why when you see franchises who do win a lot and they keep winning and they know those expectations. And they don't buckle under it, or they don't make excuses. Those are the special ones, i.e., Patriots. Like the Patriots this year, there was no excuse. Oh no, we didn't have time. No, it was, you don't hear anything from their coaches' staff like that. No, huh? the media does it for them, but it's no. You're right. The standard is winning at all, and we yep. gotta find a way. That's why they go and spend a ton of cash. Yeah. Um, speaking of the NFL, the walls closing in a bit on Deshaun Watson, and this is a pretty wild story. Uh, and now one of the one of his biggest partnerships has something to say about it. We'll have that story for you coming up next. Bishman Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Man and Bone have a simple philosophy for their show: talk some sports, have some laughs, and get very fat. Common Man and T Bone weekdays at three. The fan. It's Bishop and Laurinaitis' is What's Up? What's up, man? So Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers. All right, here's what's up uh, on a first Friday. The wall's certainly closing in uh, on Deshaun Watson. This is this is a tricky talk. Uh, I think we will acknowledge that. But it is starting to get to the point where it's impossible to ignore. Not only, and, and we haven't. We've talked about it. But for the NFL... Uh, for the Texans, and now uh, from probably his biggest endorser, and that is Nike, uh, which confirmed to USA Today Sports that it suspended its endorsement arrangement with Deshaun Watson, saying it is in a statement that it is deeply concerned by the disturbing allegations that have been made against him in 22 civil lawsuits. CNBC, the first to report this. Um, so here's where we are with this. Uh, the attorney representing uh the the women representing the civil cases at a press conference yesterday two of the women spoke at that press conference as well to the alleged victims spoke as well um there are at least two criminal claims as uh against deshaun watson and there are the the other part of this that is just strange however this ends up going is just strange and i think is is throwing up even more red flags than the amount of women or it's adding to that is this statement over in the last week from his own attorney saying that he has 15 to 20 women who will say that he was very professional and so as a from my perspective and someone who is not familiar with this world at all or what it's like to be a professional athlete at all or anything i just say to myself 
what in the heck is going on that you have 40 different people giving you massages? Yeah. That's yeah. wild to me. Um, so this is um, – I, I think this is why the Sam Darnold trade happened. I do. I think yep. that Carolina's options one, two, and three were Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, and they were going to trade for him. And I think that this stuff made it impossible to trade for him. And um, – and, and rightfully so, because how can you do due diligence on this? What do you make of this? And, and be very careful. And, and I, I am choosing my words about as carefully as I can and, and realize you can step in a trap at any moment because we, this is a country of innocent until proven guilty. But there's a lot going on here, man. There's a lot. Um, there's the fact that he has over it looks like 40 or 30 different massage therapists that he's been to it might raise some eyebrows but it's not illegal it might just be like no maybe the dude has a thing for massage therapists i don't know is that a crime I don't. but when there are alleged crimes which now we have two criminal claims of assault and 22 civil cases if there's 22 civil cases and you allege you have 20 more I went to a state school. That's 42 different people that are involved. Like, if you just said, like, if you went to somebody and said, hey, like, D- like Deshaun, you, wait, you have 42 massage therapists you've been to? Like, what's your mm-hmm. deal, man? You know, like, you'd just be like, all right. It's kind of creepy. Maybe, that, maybe that's your thing. You know, like, maybe that's your, I don't know. Like, okay. You're, maybe you're searching to find the right one. I don't know. But mm-hmm. within, as soon as you bring one of these civil cases to it, one, five, Bo, right? One to five or whatever. Twenty-two. Now that made obviously red flags go up, and the fact that two are claiming assault. So there's a there's just a layer here that is, I I don't know. It makes you start thinking because it's not a crime to just. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how to phrase it correctly, carefully, right? (laughs) I guess be into. 40 different massage, but then, but then you're bringing up all the stories and the underlying things of it. Like if you were a normal patient and just like you act normal for 40, I'd be like, mm-hmm. why do you need, why have, I, why have you gotten to 40 different? That'd be my question. Like, why are you going to 40 different if you're acting completely normal? And that's why people are asking all these questions. No, like we don't know how to wrestle with it. Cause you are, he is innocent. He has not been proven guilty. Um, no, but you can sense that NFL franchises have dug because I know, I know to the extent of which they dig for the draft. So if these oh, yeah. guys, like if the L.A. Rams still, they still use, I mean, the L.A. Rams have multiple different guys. One of them still lives in St. Louis. He'll fly to Columbus. He'll talk to different police chiefs. Okay, what do you got on this guy? A lot guy? of times former federal law guys, FBI guys. Absolutely. Guys He's a former police chief. They'll employ. And, okay, yeah. what do you got on this guy? What do you, you know, this, that, and whatever. All right, that's not really a big deal, blah, blah, blah. You know, all this stuff. If they're willing to do all that, these teams are doing the same with Deshaun. Exponentially. Because he's a quarterback, mm-hmm. franchise quarterback, and they'd be giving up a ton to get him. So Carolina yes. making this trade tells me that they're uncomfortable with it. They're not yep. okay with it. It tells me that every other team that was involved with them. And then, you know, initially there was kind of this feeling almost of like, <laughs> look at the Texans trying to bash Deshaun, you know? 
Oh, the remember the story that you like, lived next to Cal McNair? Yes. There was all of that stuff. I don't even know but if it's true it com- or not. But then it came back that the they Texans. had talked since like high school or something. Yeah. So then you're like, well, I don't know what that storyline is. And then you think to yourself, there's no way the te- if the Texans understood, like, yes, they wanted to keep Deshaun Watson, this would not be the way they would go about it, right? Like, this is no way. They, they totally just disrupted, if that was the case, the whole trade market. Yes, it's impossible. And he's impossible to trade right now. He's impossible to trade right now, and it's going to hurt them further if the NFL ever does step in, which I don't think they will until anything legal comes out. That's not their style. But, but they have done this before. I mean, Ezekiel have. Elliott yeah. think, was suspended yeah. without charges. So right? now you might. I mean, this has happened. It's a tough spot. I don't think Houston set this up like some people believe, because and I'll say something else here. You, you the the NFL is very lucky in the sense, and that that's an interesting word to use. I acknowledge, but the NFL is in, in is lucky. This isn't in the middle of the season, right? Like this is it's April. Yeah, you know, and if you watch you don't it have up, to you watch some of this stuff. Like there has been a couple of days where it's not talked about. You know, oh yeah, so it, because right. of draft. If this talk, were in the season, sports, yeah, no, you're right. absolutely right. If this were in this, it's totally different. Yeah, now you're absolutely right. I would, I would also say that there is a world that that you hear about from time to time, and the first name that comes to mind is is James Harden, and I've seen you know other NBA players like this Instagram model world and the relationship with professional athletes is something that's out there. It's been out there. That that you, um, I mean, even I remember this story just because my my son's favorite player is Tyler Hero, and Tyler Hero followed. There was a girl that he liked on Instagram, followed her on Instagram, DM'd her, and is now dating her, and has been for a while. Like that's the way that this operates. Yeah, it's nothing I'm familiar with. I miss miss this. Right? Like the Bachelor, bro. but this and it for the I'm not, I'm here for the right reasons. Right, you could drink every few if you played a drinking game for that quote, you'd be just sloshed. Yeah. Because that's I me. Mean, that's what it is. You know, it's you know, it's the old high school deal where you know you. Oh wait, hold on. She cheated on your boy, but you don't think she's going to do the same to you? Yeah. It's. It, I mean, anyway, the whole the whole Instagram that whatever. Maybe it's it just a new love. way of going. You know, you so the that's, that's season where there was twins on it, and he had the geez. he was dating both twins. Both, huh? That was an amazing dynamic. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What lot. happens if you pick one of the twins? And then you end up, you know, going home for, you know, holidays. Sorry, like your twin was just way cooler, right? Yeah, it's it is an it's it's an awkward talk. It's one that's being had now. The fact that Nike is suspending its relationship with him tells you something pretty significant. I think that what happened in Carolina with the trade for Sam Darnold tells you something pretty People significant. People don't want to touch it. They that's it. Touch it. It doesn't mean guilt. No, nope. it just means. I'll tell you what. Why don't you sort this out? And we'll we'll have a conversation in a month or so. Yeah. Now the question becomes: Is there enough time to sort this out? And will the the next time the NFL is going to convene will be at the draft? Like, are we going to have answers to this by then? Right. What's what is the roadmap out of this? How do you right. honestly? How do you prove? How do you prove innocence? If that's what Deshaun Watson has to do, how do you do? clear your name? The, how do you the court clear of public it? opinion is already being yeah. formed. Yeah. How do you clear your name? I don't because know. the headlines today will be Nike suspending relationships yes. with Deshaun Watson. 
Yep. And then some people will compare it to Tiger Woods. And some mm-hmm. people will compare it, you know, it'll be compared all over the place. Other athletes who have been suspended by or whatever, it'll be this whole conversation. And in the end, he could be innocent. Yes. In the end, yeah. it could be a cash grab. It could be. It could be. I'm not saying it. It could be. And could if it be. is, then how do you go out there and prove it? Because if you're not a diehard football fan who's following the story over and over and you just saw this quarterback, you're going to next time you see his name, you're going to be like, how is this guy who did all that to those women – how is he still playing quarterback? Well, actually, he was innocent. What? Like, there's gonna be a whole bunch of the population that will have no idea because the public opinion is already guilty. To some. What's next? Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll attempt to tackle that question coming up next. Bishop and Lauren, I'm right here on the fan. All the dumb things we say are on demand when you want them. Just utilize the computer chip we've implanted into your brain. The fan, Ohio sports destination. Two legends, one show. Well, it's all a lie. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And get your uh, Hey Guys questions into Chopper. Hashtag Hey Guys. We will approach those and pack those in about uh, 10 minutes from now. Look, there's a road back here. I mean, there's a road back here. And and let's be, uh, you know, what Deshaun Watson is accused of, even at the worst, is a far cry from what Kobe Bryant was on trial for. Right. So you can... There's a path back, uh, Tiger Woods. There's a there is a path back. We are very very forgiving, um, yeah, and and heals. we are willing to give you second chances. And I don't know that he is even needing of one, based on 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 where we are now. We're a long way from that. I think the thing that's scary uh, for for athletes or in in this case the alleged victims is that all of this is being done so publicly, right? So publicly, and what is the what's the next step here for anybody and can it be you know what what we want is you what anybody would want probably you know the the alleged victims want what Deshaun Watson would want what the Texans would want what the NFL would want is resolution and it's hard for me to see a roadmap for that anytime soon my man true i i just don't yeah it it is super public um how this yeah. is being played out it seemed like it was just a couple of uh you know, civil statements and stuff like that. And it was, there's been no charges, blah, blah, blah. You know, the police department coming out and saying, we haven't received nothing. And the next thing you know, there are two. Um, yeah, it's been super public. And you're right. When you put it in perspective of Tiger, you put it in perspective of Kobe, mm-hmm. It's you're like, okay, well, both of those guys made massive recoveries. Um we are very forgiving, um, especially with stars and celebrities. You know, um, mm-hmm. there's you just got you got to show remorse for it and all that. And so, but he's not in that stage of it. Uh, and I don't know if he needs to be because I don't know if he's guilty, right? Like right. Tiger was, you know, Tiger's was so out there. Like I, I remember the press conference vividly with his mom. You know, I, I remember all. Of oh it. yeah. And sure, um, how he strayed and all that stuff, and there was that moment of you know regret and almost asking of forgiveness and all of that. That to where you're like, yeah, I mean, we've all been there. We're hum- we're human, you know. We've all yeah. been in certain situations where we want forgiveness from someone, whether it's a family member, a friend, a loved one. I mean, whoever. Um, right now, he's in the, he's in the defense stage. And so it's interesting to see how how fast does this get 
changed here um, because the defense stage is I haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> I'm innocent. You know, like this, yeah. this isn't true. And so if people believe you, then you're fine. If people don't believe you and then, you know, a percentage of the population thinks you're lying and you're just an arrogant athlete who doesn't get it. That's a tough thing to come. That's a tough thing to come back from, you know, because this is again, this is all being. There is the court system, which will be played out, obviously, but in the court of public opinion, you can just go ahead and click on Deshaun Watson next time he's trending, and you'll see it. You'll see yeah, it's all half there. the people. Half the people will saying, "Here they are, just trying to set up another, you know, another young man trying to be successful." Blah blah blah. You know, here's a cash grab. You'll see that. And then you'll see the other side saying, here we go again. Here's another athlete who thinks he's above everyone and is above the law and above treating women with respect. And, and so you have – that's the narratives. You have most people in, most people there. are in the middle who are like, I don't know how to touch this. Like what yep. really happened? Like let's wait and see what really happened before we make a really strong opinion on it. Um, and in the meantime, he's on a vigorous defense that he's fine. So if he is innocent – you know, then good. He should be defending his name and his honor and his, you know, he should. But if he's guilty, it never ends up being proven that these, some of these things happen. Um, then you're at a point, maybe if it isn't even, I mean, there's a whole other, is it illegal? Is it, there's a whole lot of other, if, sure. if anything is proven against Absolutely. him here, regardless on whether, and even in the moral court, even, you know, there's going to be some who are going to say, and you vehemently defended yourself. You didn't feel the need to apologize, or you didn't think you were out of line. Then you have a whole other issue, and I think that's yeah. kind of where we are. Is there are already people who are like, it doesn't matter if he broke any law. He obviously thought he was above everything. The, I mean, I bet there's a bunch of people out there right now that said, "Hold on, this dude just whipped off a towel and a massage without asking the masseuse." Right. Already, you got an issue. You know what I mean? Like, there's already a yeah. a, a certain point to where, hold on, you thought that was okay, <laughs> so there's already a yeah. Um. And I think that's the hard thing. Like, of, so on one hand, you're like, well, he's obviously. There are people who are saying, well, look, he's defending. He, he's coming out totally against it. You know, his attorney is blah blah blah. There are people see he's he wouldn't be doing that unless he was 100 percent innocent. No, he'd be doing that because he understands companies like Nike as well might pull away. Mm-hmm. There's a lot at stake here. Um, yeah. But then it's just it's a weird it's a weird stance because we've seen it before too, right? Where someone defends themselves 100 percent. Up now, I'm caught. Oh, guys, I'm sorry. And then here's the apology. Yeah, of course. And then you're like, well, are you really if, apologizing or are you apologizing you got caught? If you're, the, if you're, if you're any party involved here, if you're looking for a it's clean so resolution, it's so none is coming anytime no. soon. There's nothing coming anytime soon. No. And so that's kind of where this is. But this, some of the events of the last 48 hours lead you to believe that the walls are closing in a little bit. Whether yeah. true or not, that part is fact. We hit Hey Guys up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Well-dressed, well-spoken, but never, ever a well-drink. about chaos? Absolute insanity. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Second hour here on a first Friday. Time for a little Hey Guys, hit a chopper. Nothing is off limits. Your participation is required. Just use the hashtag Hey Guys and ask Bishop and Laurinaitis anything you want. Do it now. All right, guys, here we go. Alex says, hey, guys, first time head coach here. I'm coaching my son's four- to five-year-old soccer team. I don't know the first thing about soccer. Coach Bishop, Coach Laurinaitis, point me in the right direction. 
Man, this is so much fun. Um, so what I would say is you don't need to know anything about it at that age, but the most important thing is to, to try to connect with all of the kids on your team. So one thing that I do when I've coached the boys, and I've been, man, coaching all their stuff for years now, is I really commit the kids' names to memory at the very first practice, and I call them by their names and make eye contact with them every time I instruct them or push them in a direction one way or another. And at that age, you just want them having fun. The other thing I would tell you that's really critical, and you have to do this the first practice, is you have got to lay down the law. And the most important thing that I say at every coaching meeting, every time I start, especially with little kids, if I'm talking, you're not. That's critical because otherwise it gets off the rails. So yeah. dis- you got to get your discipline right right away, buddy. Got to you got to keep them in line. Um, yeah. And and I would just say have have a heck of a lot of fun, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know the first thing about soccer, but I and I don't I don't coach London because, for one, I know if anyone's going to coach her, it's going to be Cersei. You imagine me trying to coach my daughters in soccer when my wife played soccer in high school and I didn't play soccer, and I'd be out there trying to tell them what to do and the, the stare that she would give me uh, and just yeah. look of disappointment. Um, I mean, that happens routinely on how I try to cook breakfast from time to time for the girls. I do it way different than her, and she looks at me like I'm just like, what kind of human are you? Um, but anyway, I would just say, man, just have fun. Have fun because yeah, the most fun. memorable things I have with my dad, uh, being my coach growing up, are like the moments where where we had just so much fun and uh, and pure joy. Yeah, you get these great car rides with your yes. kid, and that is that's it's worth its weight in gold. Russell says, "Hey guys, Alex has passed to one of these spring events." He lists the Final Four, Masters, NFL Draft, Indy 500, America's Cup, Kentucky Derby. Which one are you choosing? Give me the list again. You got Final Four, Masters. NFL Draft, Indy 500, America's Cup, and Kentucky Derby. America's Cup. What I, that, that's the sailing. I got nothing on that. Okay, I've been to two of the four here. How many of these have you been to, Threes? Uh, none. 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 So... Probably the most fun you could have is the Final Four, especially if it's in a great town. So, like, the one I was at was in New Orleans. Awesome. Like, the whole basketball world's there. You'll be walking down, you know, a street in New Orleans, you see Charles Barkley going into Harris. Like, that's – the Final Four is an awesome party. It's a really good time. I've not been to the Masters. The Kentucky Derby, my advice on that is don't go – Unless you're going to go in the infield and just have the time of your life, or <laughs> or if you're loaded and you're like in Millionaire's Row, because if you're in middle class, um, and I took my dad to the Kentucky Derby and we were we were middle class and I paid I want to say like a thousand dollars a seat for for my dad and mom and, and Amy and I to go, and we were in the most I mean like for what I paid and what I got did not equate did not equate. So you don't want to be middle class at the Kentucky Derby. You either want to be millionaires row like three would be, threes would be, or you want to be in the infield having the time of your life. Bro, are you kidding me? Get so probably here. Masters would be my answer. Yeah, I'm leaning Masters. Um, you know, if you would have asked me as a kid, like pre-college, I would have said NFL draft in a heartbeat. I'm such a draft nerd. Um, yeah. Even at when I was at Radio City, I would have loved to just go there and just root for my Vikings to pick, you know, somebody and then 
just you know just love on I I would have been I, I was that fan I was that homer I was that guy um, and then when you play and you you know like Jody described yesterday it was perfect then you start realizing the business of it and you're like wait what how are they going to cut Leonard Little Leonard's a legend you know how are they going to cut and you're like oh well I guess that's the business side of it then you just basically become indifferent to the whole process Kevin says, hey guys, with spring practice going, what freshmen are you excited to see and why? Go ahead, Therese. Marvin Harrison. Because in a very crowded room, it seems like he's just making plays daily. Um, you could say the same about Jack Sawyer. I mean, there there are... Selfishly, I just love the threes on Jack. Love it. Yep. Um, but I... It's, it's a... I feel like with Jack, he could be phenomenal this year, but he'll be so much better in two years. Yeah. Where there's, you can just notice as freshmen, like look at Garrett Wilson when he was a freshman. You knew, you saw it, and you have a feeling that Marvin has just been making plays up there uh, in a very crowded room. So it's already hard to stick out. You know, like you probably have a preconceived notion when you recruit this class, like hey, they're gonna, you know, not this year, but really next two. But he's—it sounds, Bo, like he's making it like uh, undeniable that he has to get some touches. Mm-hmm. So it does seem that two. way. Yeah, I think those are two. I would say Travion Henderson is the one that I'm most excited to see. Speaking about yeah. crowded, crowded rooms, very, very crowded. Everything that I'm hearing though is the hype is validated. So yeah. um, a home run hitter in every way. So I mean, that's that's the kid. I. I very curious to see the spring game, and and that's the best part of the spring game is to see young guys. And it doesn't necessarily equate into the fall, um, right. but but you'll hear guys talk about teammates and what they are. I'm lo- I'm interested to see what he could do because he could add something to this offense. Uh, you know that we you know didn't have without J.K. last year. I think Sean might be missing a key detail here, but I'll pass it along anyways. He says, "Hey guys, what's the story behind James's nickname Threes?" I, I don't know. He wore thirty-three, two threes, threes. Yeah. And uh, so I, th- this this also to be fair to Sean, if if you have not seen Friday Night Lights the series, a couldn't recommend it higher enough, high more highly enough, and you'll enjoy it individually or it, with your significant other. Like it's just a fantastically done, well done show. Um, and if you growing up here in Ohio, there's going to be a lot of things that feel like. Boy, that was similar to my experience. Um, and the, uh, the one of the great characters in that is Tim Riggins. And he started calling the quarterback, I want to say six, and then seven. And then there's a linebacker that comes in later in the series that's fours. And I just always thought that was so funny. I thought that was so great to call. So I call. So then I started calling you threes. And it just it just took. And it's... Uh, You've never had a. Pr- I don't think you have a problem with it. I think you've not at all. Enough, I was never called bit, it until like you it. said it on this show. I've been yeah. called two other nicknames, and it's funny because one had to do with two of my three nicknames in my life have had to do with my number. So everyone called me Double Nickel in St. Louis. Yep. Um, and then you came up with threes, which I'd never been called before. Which is funny because yep. I'm in the airport coming home from Arizona, and it's a threes. Love the show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, you know what? Now it's normal. Um, yeah, and I love it. Good. But no one, no one thought to call me that in college. Um, they just called me. Mor- Fick just called me moron. Um, <laughs> but the other nickname was Shrek. 
When I was in high school, my hockey teammates called me Shrek because I was so much taller than a lot of the hockey players. Ryan says, hey guys, I need some parenting advice. I have two boys, which Bo can speak on. However, they're the exact same age as James's two older girls. How do you navigate the different personalities? The older one is more <laughs> social and really into sports. The youngest is a pure firecracker. Help. Same. 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 Spot yeah. on. Spot on. The older one, London, we could not, honestly, though how social she is in a pool gave me anxiety because I'm not that way. You know, like when I was a kid, I wasn't going up to strangers and wanting to play. No, it's my ball. Stay away. You know, can I play with you? No, go away. That was me. Um, <laughs> so London is the most outgoing social. We can't pull into our driveway. If there's any neighbor outside, she rolls down the window. I have to say hi. Thought, you know, wants to wave all that. The younger one is like she could see the same people over and over, and if she's in that mood, it's a hey, Hayden, how are you? And it's no, and a grunt, and you're like, what? Why? why? <laughs> you know, like you know, you know, neighbor. So anyway, it's same. I have, I have no idea. I just I just love them both um, the same. But I try it. to notice. To be honest, on a serious note, I try to notice what they pick up on, and it's a simple question. I asked the girls actually last night. I said, "Do you know how much Daddy loves you?" And London goes, "Yeah." I said, "How?" How do you know I love you? And she goes, because you say it to me all the time, which spits because she is so words of affirmation. Some little mm-hmm. boy's going to come along, whisper sweet nothings. Oh, he's the sweetest. No, he's a liar. He's a liar. Don't <laughs> listen to him. But that she's words of affirmation. Where Hayden says, because you always hug me. Like she, and it makes sense mm-hmm. because she wants to always cuddle and wrestle and she's physical. So physical touch is hers. And so I try to just honestly pick and probe and speak to the way that they receive love. The best thing I can say is when they're little, you raise them all the same. And despite that, they when you're when they're really little, I'm talking about, you raise them all the same. And then they have their own personalities that you have no control over. And the thing that you that I think you have to do, and that we that I believe in, is you do have to parent them a little different because they respond to different things. And and to your point, you know, my oldest, he needs to have conversations about things. Yep. Lots of conversations about things. Many, many conversations over many, many days. Oftentimes about the same things. That's Black Cobra. Beamsy, nothing. Like, nothing. No conversations needed. One word, it's done. That's it. Moved on. And Bootsy, well, we all know there's a high <laughs> ceiling and low floor with Bootsy. There's a lot in play there with him. Um, but you, you, I do think there's different ways to reach him. And just let them be them. Love them. But you, you do have to do a. You have to have, have a little bit of nuance to the way that you parent them. Last one. I'm not sure about his Twitter name, so I'm just going to say it starts with big. Hashtag Hey guys, what's your favorite moment in your guy's career? Mm. Yours is far more interesting than mine. <laughs> um. Gosh, that's a that's a tough one. So when I think of like career, like most of my like high moments, obviously just getting drafted is one. I would say signing my second contract was one, which is funny because I've never been motivated by money, but there is something that's different about signing a deal to where you can say, well, this changes your future. Um, yeah. Not that the first one didn't, but being this 35th pick, you know, even in the old system, wasn't it wasn't something you were going to retire on whenever football stopped. Um, the second one gave me a lot of flexibility for, for life and the future of our family. Um, football moment, you can, I mean, you're not going to beat 
4-0 versus the team up north. And to be honest, my two favorites, I got, you know, however fun 06 was with people storming the field and stuff and someone stealing my mouth guard. Um, <laughs> 07 and, you know, 05 were probably even more so because there's nothing better than being in Ann Arbor and the place yeah. just being totally distraught and seeing the scarlet and the sea of maize and blue in the, you know, in the crowd. Like in 07, when I have the rose in my mouth, because I thought we were going to the Rose Bowl, and I'd climb up on the first, you know, on the outside of the, the little brick wall, and I'm standing there, and my mom's behind me. I'm like, that's glorious, as you see the Michigan people upset leaving. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. So there's a lot of really cool things that I've been able to do, awesome things, um, and various accomplishments and things that are cool. But but honestly, the, the, the coolest thing, and, and both have happened here in Columbus uh, when I was at Channel 10 and here at The Fan, is this is this business that we're in that, that I've made a career of here, this is a results-oriented business. And we are judged by if you listen or not, right? So it's yep. zero-sum. If you don't listen, we're not on, right? right. And, and I have been humbled and incredibly proud of when I was at Channel 10 the ratings and the way that we would do and here at the fan the way that the this show has been received um, and the show that I did with AR was received um, and and we have ways of judging that and we can see them and that's the coolest thing is that you're doing something that hits and that people enjoy and that you enjoy it I'm forever thankful for that because without it we're not here so that's mm. the thing that that's yeah. the interesting thing about this business. Like it's a, it is a ton of fun. Yeah. But it's a lot like professionals. It's a lot like sports. Like anything. Yeah. It's results oriented. Yeah. If you're not getting the results, you see it all the time. Find another job. One one slip up of yep. a comment, um, or if you're yeah, just not no, interested, no people don't like you, don't want to listen to you. Yep. Uh, you don't have a you don't have a career. It's done. It's done at that point. Um, all right. Good job out of you guys on the Hey Guys. Uh, coming up here in about 15 minutes, Sam Monson will join us on Pro Football Focus, his lead NFL analyst. We'll talk about the quarterback derbies. It's some interesting stuff to say, certainly about the Darnold situation. We will go around the NFL coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. All sports, all the time, and whatever it is Common Man and T-Bone do, we still don't know. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Two guys who love to see it. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And this first Friday, Miracle is brought to you by our great friends at Chattanooga Whiskey. Get ready for the weekend and your first Friday, frankly, with Chattanooga Whiskey, the only Tennessee high malt bourbon handcrafted for a distinctly rich, complex character. It is available now at your favorite Columbus retail store. Drink Chattanooga Whiskey and enjoy it responsibly. Um, we will get into some of this quarterback stuff with Sam Monson here in about five minutes, five, six minutes from now. Yesterday, I have a hey guys for you both. Chops, you two on this. Yesterday was the champion's dinner at Augusta at the Masters. If it were you setting the menu for the champion's dinner, and I do think it's important that we have it in the context of at Augusta National, right? What would be your meal, Threes? What would be your champion's dinner? Wow. How would you set that up? Wow. That is, um, man, you caught me on the spot here. Okay. I've been thinking about this, so I'll lead off. Chops, you get yours. I, I would go... I would want some sort of an uh, an, an ahi tuna starter, some sort of a seared ahi tuna or sashimi Ooh, starter. I would, I would start tar. there. I was yep. going to say some kind of sashimi. Yeah, I'd start there. 
I would want it's Augusta, so I that would go into it. And to me, like the perfect white tablecloth meal in that setting would be wedge salad or Caesar salad, either one. But I'd probably go wedge salad because you just throw it all out. I go wedge salad, tomahawk ribeye, crab legs is is what the way I would go on that. I think that's mm. that's what I would that would be the meal at Augusta National. I ate so much beef <laughs> from from high school through sure most of my NFL that like I have to convince myself at certain steakhouses around the town I will sure be like you're at steakhouse James order one um however like pork like pork chops don't sit well with um with a shell too much mm-hmm. something about pork and her belly doesn't really go together so okay. I usually like go for like a, the giant pork chop whenever we're out or like you know bone in mm-hmm. um so here's what i would do i would do some kind of ceviche or tartare something that involves a, a raw fish that mm-hmm. i can't, i like to do things that i can't really do at home well i um, like that so you know i'm not going to whole foods and getting a fish and being like oh yeah this is sushi grade what even though who knows right i'm just not I'm not doing raw fish at home um so i will do that at the rest at that would be my starter um, I'm with you on some kind of salad um, would be clutch. And then I'm thinking, what kind of seafood tower can I go? Um, okay. You know, where we have oysters from all over. Uh, we have the crab. We have the lobster. We, we have it all. Uh, clams. Let's do something like that. Um, and then if you're still going for it. I, the only thing of, that I would say on the on the seafood tower is it's a, it's all cold. So I I know. Like do you want to have all that cold do you, do you need something warm at the end? Do you need you know does the lobster need to be cooked perhaps or do they I mean they're all cooked but does does one of them need to be warm at the end? Yeah. I'm, I mean I'm still on the I, I would then for my my warmer dish I would have done probably uh I can't go against the steak with you. Maybe a wagyu beef. Absolutely. This is, I'm thinking family setting, you know. It's not just me at the table. Like, I got a circular you. I got- table here. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry to interrupt. I didn't realize yeah. you were adding no, two. I'm still going. I see. I see. I'm still, still going. going. Yeah. Like if it's yeah. my championship, we're splurging, people. Um, yeah. Let's live yeah. a little. Let's live a little. But it's so weird too because like how my lifestyle is now and how I eat versus the way I want to eat are two sure. different. It's like it, it, that's a you that's a balance. whole spiritual warfare in my brain that happens daily. You know, because like if you asked me how would you want to eat, it'd be like give me some fresh homemade bread from like an Italian like village. Well, you can Let do that though it. on a champion's dinner. Let I me mean, dip it's it one in meal. some olive oil and whatever. Let's do some yeah. heavy, you know, apps. Let that's what I would the way I would want to eat. But in my well, mind, I've like, conditioned myself to masters. shun most of that out of my life that it doesn't even register anymore. Like once you get that out of your brain. As like an option, yeah. to be honest, you don't crave it nearly as much. It's amazing. Chopper, what do you got? All right. Well, the chops Taco in me Bell. wants to go like Taco nachos Bell. and a burger, but I know you got to step it up. So I was thinking about it. Calamari is one of my favorite things to get yeah, whenever you're at a nice restaurant as far as the appetizer goes. So a calamari. And they always put it like with like a marinara sauce, but I like whatever. Every once in a while, you'll get the place that has... Who knows what it is? Some sort of 
lemon or uh, it'll be like a uh, what's the fancy mayonnaise? What's that? Like an aioli, something like that mm. um, on the side with <laughs> the good. calamari. I like the sp- little sweet chili though. Sometimes you'll get that'll be good too. Yes. Yep. Um, then uh, I had this on the honeymoon and I really liked it. Some swordfish, and then I've seen this too. From the master's dinners, so I assume they have a very good version of it. Some sort of fajitas, steak or chicken, both are available to you. It's my it's my dinner. And then uh, if I was serving dessert, carrot cake is I think an elite dessert when it's made the right way. All right, very good. All of that sounds very very good. Frankly, it's making me hungry here uh, as as we approach the noon hour. Sam Monson will join us for Pro Football Focus coming up next on all of this quarterback carousel stuff. That is going to be an interesting conversation. We have it next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Sports, dogs, and movie quotes no human can possibly remember. Rothman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Open early for all your sports discussion needs. Now back to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bo Bishop, James Laurinaitis with you here on the program. Time to head out on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with our good friend Sam Monson, of course, of PFF. Sam, you're a renaissance man. Before we get into the uh, into the football, and there's a lot to get to from the quarterback position, we were having the conversation about your master's meal, our master's meal. Uh, what would yours be if, if you were wearing the green jacket and you could set the menu at Augusta? Wow. Um, I haven't even thought about it. I, I mean, you can't go wrong with a good... You know, good steak, good filet. Uh, I've been working through a bunch of different steaks, trying to find you know the ideal one, and I keep coming back to filet. You can't, you can't beat it. There's a reason it's the most expensive one. It's the best. <laughs> I like that you're working through all the steaks. I think that's that's a win right there, my man. Um, all right, let's. I kind of feel like what happened this week with Darnold in Carolina is a reaction to kind of what's happened with Deshaun Watson, it, it very much appears, and talking to people down in Carolina, that Deshaun Watson was option one, two, and three for them this offseason. And it's just to the point now with everything going on that this is they felt like maybe this was the, the best way for them to address quarterback, also acknowledging that, that perhaps the quarterback that they want in the draft will not fall to them. What do you make of this move? What do you make of the fit of Darnold in Matt Rule's offense? I think you're right. Um, I think it's funny that a lot of the moves made this offseason with quarterbacks seem to have been in the same kind of vein, which is as much as we're all looking at this group of quarterbacks and saying there's maybe five first-rounders, five guys that could go in the top ten, a lot of teams seem to be looking at this and saying, you know what, there's only really two that we like, and they're going to be gone, one, two. So after that, are we comfortable with the next three? And the answers so far seem to have been no, largely. I think that's kind of what you're seeing from Carolina, that there may be five available, and they might have had a decent shot at one, um, but they didn't like that guy enough. And the Philadelphia Eagles were the same thing when they traded out. They they don't like those guys at the same level as a Trevor Lawrence or even a Zach Wilson, and they're willing to punt and try a different route. And for Carolina to go with Sam Darnold, it's an intriguing option because there have been a, a strong minority of people that want to put all of the blame for Darnold's career so far, you know, at the feet of Adam Gase or the situation around him there in terms of lack of talent and supporting cast. And I think it's a real argument. It's He's definitely had a bad supporting cast and hasn't been uh, given a great situation and uh, hasn't been set up to succeed, but he's been terrible. I mean, <laughs> those things can both be true at the same time. 
And I'm not sure I'd be banking on the idea that if you suddenly put a great situation around him, or certainly a vastly improved one, that you're going to see this incredible Sam Darnold. I just don't think we've seen evidence, really, that that guy is necessarily there. And, you know, Carolina, they traded quite a lot to take that gamble. Yeah, and Sam, I'm wondering, uh, for us here up in Columbus, when I saw the trade with Sam going to Carolina, I just check another team that's not interested in Justin Fields. Where where do you see Fields going? Um, I mean, Bo and I were talking, what was it, yesterday, Bo, uh, or the day before, just about, it, is this a situation where he falls to New England? Would New England even be interested? We're trying to figure out a, a place for him. I think he's still in play at number three overall to the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Um, I know all the, all the talk right now is about Mac Jones and Trey Lance. I, I think Fields is still in that conversation. I think they're still doing work on on all three of those quarterbacks, to be honest, but certainly Fields as well. I, I know that you know the, the hype right now is about Mac Jones, and but I, I don't. I think Kyle Shanahan is not telling people <laughs> where he's going. So wherever the conversation is about. Mac Jones being their guy, it isn't coming out of that war room. It's not coming out of the people that know where it's going. And it's a very small select group of people. We've seen that in the past from Kyle Shanahan. They keep their cards very close to their chest. Um, So I think Fields is definitely in play for them. Now, if they don't pick him and they do go for Mac Jones or or Trey Lance, then I think you're right that that he could potentially start to slip a bit. Um, I think ultimately... Denver would be as far as he fell. I don't think the Broncos would pass on Justin Fields, even if the NFL, for some reason, was sort of cooler on him than the general draft community or or people that have just sort of watched him play. I I just think Denver are too desperate for a quarterback that they would jump on any opportunity that presented itself, including uh, Justin Fields, if he slid that far. Sam, the other thing, and you're, you're spot on there. The other thing that's cra- that the people are seem to be forgetting on this this Kyle Shanahan thing. I mean, who's his dad? Mike, right? He didn't go to Jay Cutler's pro day. He didn't. He didn't make a big. No one knew. They took Jay Cutler. Nobody knew it in Denver. Right. That, that was coming, and that's Kyle would be. I agree with you the same way on that front. That it would be all subterfuge, and knowing, of course, that the Jets are picking in front of him and Robert Sala. Like you don't want Robert Sala to get wind of somebody you really like and go off of Wilson, onto Fields, or onto Lance. So it's all lies right now. Like, everything's lies and misdirection. In terms of who would fit what they want to do best at number three, is that is that Justin Fields? Is he a guy who would fit what they want to do? Because to me, it feels like he would fit it perfectly. And, of course, we're biased because I want Justin to be in a good spot. Yeah, I, I do think you would. I mean, the bottom line with Kyle Shanahan's offense is it's probably the most quarterback-friendly system in the NFL. So whenever you're talking about a quarterback going there, it's the best landing spot for every quarterback because it's going to make them better. It's going to make those guys look as good as they can be. But I think Fields also brings a lot to that partnership if he wound up there. I think the stuff that he's good at, deadly accuracy, obviously he's a great athlete as well. Um, he fits well within that system. He can read a defense. He can show you where he wants to go with the ball and deliver that accurately. The concerns you have with Justin Fields or that some people have are it's being sort of labeled as this inability to work through a progression. I don't think that's what it is. I think this offense at Ohio State just kind of locks him in to a fairly rigid pre-snap read, and, and it doesn't ask him to do that much. So what he's doing is, 
sort of dropping back and just waiting for a guy to to show himself open and then hit him with the pass. Now, that doesn't mean he can't do the other things, and it also, I think, is something that isn't as big a problem in Kyle Shanahan's offense where there is a fairly rigid play progression and, and uh, design that he wants you to hit off the back of those um, play-action uh, uh, fakes. So I think Justin Fields, if that is his weakness, I think it's hidden more by Shanahan's offense than any other system he could land in. So, yeah, I've been saying for a while that I think Fields is still the best quarterback that they could take at number three and potentially also has the highest upside within that offense. Sam, with with most likely, uh, you know, you hear rumors of Atlanta saying that they'd be willing to trade out, could go QB, first four picks. The Bengals are sitting there at five, and they have a decision. I'm putting you in charge there now. You're the GM of Cincinnati. Do you go Panay Sewell, or do you go Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts and get Joe Burrow a weapon? That's been kind of the talk up here is, is what, do you, what do you do? Do you get Joe a weapon on the outside, or do you try to protect him? Yeah, and the funny thing is, I, I don't think you're wrong which either, whichever way you go. A lot of people are, you know, banging the table one way or the other, either for Sewell. You know, you can't pass on Sewell or you can't risk not uh, having protection on that offensive line. Ultimately, I think you can make an argument either way. I think they're both very special players, um, and either one works, and either one is going to put you in a good position at the top of the second round to come back and address the position that you didn't fix. So, yeah, I know everyone's got a really hard stance on this one. I, I don't. I think you just you pick the one that you feel most comfortable with. I think both guys are top-quality prospects, and I, I really think you can make a good argument that either one is the right move. So, yeah, just pick your favorite. Sam, you're one of our favorites. Appreciate your time today, pal. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Take it easy. All right, that is Sam Monson, PFF lead NFL analyst, joining us on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Time for a little thing or not a thing. Choppers with that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. The only radio station still operating with an active booze cart. I'm drunk right now. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. The Fan. Ohio sports destination. Meet or on the rocks. Just act accordingly. Starts with a glass of bourbon, then goes to, oh, first blood's on. I think I'll watch this again. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Time for a little thing or not a thing. Choppers here. Go, Chops. Bishop and Laurinaitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. Here we go on a first Friday. Penny Sewell on how he plays. Quote, I like to use my body type to my advantage and to really get up under people's chins and to really showcase my mentality. I'm coming off the ball every play with violent intentions and that nothing less is coming from that. Thing or not a thing? <laughs> I, it's a fantastic way to describe your play. It wouldn't impact me if I were the Cincinnati Bengals because I think you can address this in other ways. And if I could get Pitts or Chase, that's the way I would go. Yeah. Um, and, and give me a game breaker. But yeah, he, he's going to be a great player. Yeah, give me. I'll put it this way: from a defensive standpoint, when you attack a game plan, you never go into it thinking we're not going to be able to get any pressure because of this tackle. Even when we played Joe, you yeah, know, like sure, it was a challenge. Greg would twist Robert Quinn and be like, "Come on, like." This guy, this guy was wearing a gold jacket. How good are you? You know, kind of thing. But 
we weren't thinking how can we overload. No, you think okay, well, what what are the other guys on the line? Because if you draft Panay Sewell, guess what? You're still weak at guard, and defense are going to be like, hey, you know what? Let's put our best guy or overload blitzes on the guards. So does it really? I tell you what, we do all the time. We say, hey, damn, they got Odell Beckham. We got we got to count two for him. Back when he was in New York, we mm-hmm. got to count two for him. I've never been a part of a game plan where we said, ooh, watch out for this tackle. No, it's, it's the guys on the outside. So the more I think about it, I'm going Chaser Pitts. I'm giving yeah. them a weapon that will take two guys from their defense onto one, which then will open it up for other guys on your perimeter and get the ball out of your hand quick. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned Joe. That Browns team had him, Mitchell Schwartz, Alex Mack, John Greco, yeah. no slouch. I mean, yeah. and didn't win anything. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's important, but give me the game breaker. Yep. Ohio State is among a group of three finalists for 2021 five-star center prospect, that's basketball center, Efton Reed out of Richmond, Virginia. This okay. former coach told the dispatch, okay. thing or not a thing? Big thing. Big thing. Especially signs on the line, which is dotted. Yeah, let's close this out. This would be huge. Now you're starting to see how you could be the number two team. Malachi Bradham won Mr. Ohio. Everything yep. I hear about him is that he's going to be very, very special. Um, and now you add this kid to the mix. Now you're talking about a team with Dwayne. You get uh, Jabari EJ. from the transfer portal. You know, yep. you got, we're just stacking now them up. squad. Yep. Awesome. Of course it's a thing. Five-star basketball bucks? Come on. Adam Schefter was talking about the who the 49ers will pick with the number three pick on the DPHO, Canty, and Rothenberg show. Quote, it'll be Mac Jones, said Schefter. Thing or not a thing? I just think that's not true. I just don't. I can't believe that Kyle would trade up to three for somebody who, to me, lacks elite traits. I just don't see elite traits with Mac Jones. He just yeah. seems like a guy who's a guy. Well, his pro dip was unimpressive to me, but what do I know? Yeah. Um, I I think, and also, in an offense that requires a ton of mobility, now I'm not saying Max immobile, but there are other guys who have traits in Trey Lance and Fields just as talented at arm, in my opinion, and more athletic that would fit that scheme better. But mm-hmm. who knows? Paul George on DeMarcus Cousins' debut with the Clippers, quote, he's an all-star. He's still one of the most skilled bigs in the leagues. He can finish. He rebounds. I thought you saw a little of everything from him tonight, and he showed he's still got a lot left to give. Thing or not a thing? Well, that that's not necessarily a thing. He's been so damaged. But I, I'll tell you what is a thing. I remember, and I'm pretty sure we were doing the show at this time. I remember watching. I liked watching that Pelicans team with him and Anthony Davis because they were two bigs. And you just yeah. had never seen two really yep. skilled guys playing off each other. And they were making a lot of waves. And they were playing, I'm pretty sure, San Antonio. Could have been Houston. Houston or San Antonio in New Orleans when he crumbled with the Achilles. And that was the last that Uncle Bo played basketball on a pickup level because I'm not rehabbing an Achilles. And I thought I think you, I think you still got, I think you still have a lot to give to be No, honest. I just stand in a corner. No, now. I think you I'm still not, have a lot to give. Nope. Yep. Stand in a corner and shoot. I don't I'm not running around. How could you easily get hurt doing? You can't get hurt doing that. Come on. You can do it. I think you need to get pick mm. back up. Can you imagine I me do. rehabbing an Achilles? God. You're thinking no all wrong. I would you probably go the other way with it. You drag have to my going. foot around. No, you need to go the other life. way with it. You got to be able to say, "Look, I I'm I won't get hurt. I'm indestructible. Listen, just call Bobby and ask <laughs> him how he goes about a workout. You know, neither you nor he are forty yet. 
Give it a Listen, minute. Listen, he does things and attempts workouts that I wouldn't think of. Like when he posts his front squat stuff, bro, you can't you can't make me front squat. That just hurts everything. Why would you front squat? But ask him, how do you talk yourself into it? I'll tell you how I do it, Bo. When you look like me, you just do it. That's how you do it. Honestly, you tell yourself, I've never gotten sick in my life. I tell myself, no, body, you don't get sick. Just bend your knees and stay hydrated. That's what Schlegel says. On Tuesday, Padres GM AJ Preller confirmed Fernando Tatis Jr. has slight tearing in his labrum, but there is no damage to his rotator cuff and he does not require surgery. Thing or not a thing? Huge thing. Isn't this upwards of nearly four hundred million in guaranteed money for this kid? Sure is. And he's he's this age and he's he swung a bat so hard that he damaged his labrum. Yeah. Large red flag. Large Slight red flag. tearing of any muscle is not fun. Yeah. Um, so I always love, like, oh, it's just a strain. Thank goodness. A strain means a partial tear. Like, I, that's what I used to tell kid, like guys when they were rookies. Like, like oh, they, they do say it's just a light strain so I can kind of get through practice. I'm like, bro, a strain is a slight tear. It just means you need to rip it completely. That's why they're graded. How bad of a tear is it? It's a tear. Like, it's muscle that's not supposed to tear, tore. Of course it's a thing. Last one for you guys today. Barry Alvarez closing out his retirement presser yesterday. Quote, I'd like to announce that my retirement will take effect July 1st, but I am always available to come back out of retirement to coach in a bowl game. Thing or not a thing. I love it. I love it. Yes. Huge thing. I love that he knows that this is out there and he leaned into it. That's a good job out of him. That's great. I love it. This is so on brand. It's so on so brand. So good. The fact that we joked about it and then he comes out and says it, um, it's just it's it's amazing. And he's not kidding. He's not kidding. No. Like you know, so those ha 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 ha. No, no, I'm dead serious, guys. I'm here if you need me. That's great. Just so great. Uh, final hour up next. Uh, we will take our begin our tour around the Big Ten with a look at the West. We start with Iowa, including who could be some challengers out there, what that program looks like. Scott Dockerman will join us on that at the bottom of the hour. Coming up next, the best Big Ten coaching hires since Kurt Ferentz has been at Iowa. There have been 40 of them. 40. We get to that coming up next in the Jackets with the win over the Lightning as well. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. This is Blue and Jenner. Celebrate the 20th season of Blue Jackets hockey right here. Proud partners with the Blue Jackets since day one. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Their favorite sport is berating their producer. You just sat there for 10 minutes. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Final hour here on a First Friday Miracle Edition of the program. Did you see uh, the Forbes list, the billionaires, richest people in the world list came out? Yeah. Uh, I think yesterday. Um, forever. Forever. It was Gates, Buffett, Gates, Buffett. And then there was the guy from Mexico who's in the telecom, like Carlos Slim, I think, or something like that was his name. Like those guys just kind of alternated. But mostly it was Buffett and Gates kind of for 20 years taking turns who was going to be the guy. It was Gates forever. Um, it is uh, it is obviously Bezos now by a pretty wide margin, $177 billion net worth for him. Elon Musk second, $151 billion. Um, at Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook at number five on this list. The reason I bring this up is for um, the guy who is number 23 on this list, and that is Dan Gilbert. So Dan Gilbert's 
net worth increase like 700%. Mm. He went from worth like 5 6 billion to 51 billion mm. in a year. It's a good year. Yeah. He's the yeah. he's this third most wealthy sports owner um in 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 professional sports now is is Dan Gilbert. He's number 3 worth 50 51 mm. billion dollars. Company he built. But half goes to taxes, right? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I'll tell you what's interesting is if you put the Walton family together, they would still annihilate everybody. Oh, yeah. Like if Sam Walton were still around yep. and the money wasn't split up, there's like three yep. of them were $60 billion. Yep. It's remarkable uh, on that front. Uh, this is pretty interesting, and, and we're going to get into this over the course of the next uh, next couple of weeks here. Take a look at every Big Ten school and, and what's going on on the football program in spring. Many of them have already wrapped up. Um, you know, which schools have questions that need answers, so forth and so on. Today we're going to talk uh, out west. We'll talk with Iowa first. Scott Docterman will join us at the bottom of the hour. Speaking um, of which, but- let's talk about the brand of Ohio State. Just okay. two years ago, I was driving to West Lafayette to do the Purdue spring game. I don't know who's – all I know is I don't know what other got teams are actually – I'm guessing maybe Nebraska will televise theirs. Mm-hmm. But I know we're doing the game next Saturday in Columbus. Yeah. And it was like – I remember everyone was, almost every – I probably besides Maryland and Rutgers, almost every one was televised, all spring games. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing how either schools are saying, nah, we're not doing it, or, <laughs> or the fact that – I mean, BTN's just like, no, there's no need to broadcast that. Well, that speaks to, I think, I think some of it, I think BTN wants programming, you know. Of course. So, you know, desperately. But also, like, what is the cost of the programming? I mean, they're bringing a truck here. We're not even doing a micer. And the difference is, for those that a micer means the truck is in Chicago. Everything is run through Chicago, so they don't have to bring a physical, the main truck. There's a small truck. But the producer and all of them, only audio and stuff is in location. They're doing a full truck for a spring game, meaning we better bring the big thing for OSU. It's It speaks to a couple of things. It speaks to what has happened here in the last 20 years and what has happened around the league in the last 20 years. And it's like Nebraska will have a good crowd, I'm assuming, right? Sure. Um, It's not what it was. No, this isn't day one with Scott Frost. True, it's not true. And and it's there has been over the course of the last decade. It's probably I think that there's a couple of things when you think about and Scott Docterman wrote the piece, uh, the best Big Ten coaching hires since Ferris. I encourage Ferris was hired. So there've been forty of them hired since Ferris was hired at Iowa, Um, and he ranks them one to forty best to worst. Um, and as you can imagine, our guys are on this list in, in prominent places. Poor Chris um, Nash. But it speaks to – he was dead last. It speaks yeah. to how poorly some of these places have hired. And your story of Purdue or even the thing you just alluded to with Nebraska is how momentum wasn't capitalized. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's yep. something that PJ is going to have to deal with this year at Minnesota. Like Same. Last year didn't go the way that he thought it was going to go. He had everything yep. lined up last year. It didn't go the way he thought to. He can't fall back. Otherwise, yep. he can be forgotten. There's no margin for error in some of these yep. Big Ten schools. There just there isn't. Um, it's different than it is here. So when you look at Doctorman's list, 
First of all, do you agree with Urban Meyer being number one on this list? I do because I think Urban took a program that was – he just elevated us. He did. And his domination in the Big Ten um, showed that. So, yeah, I think Urban deserves to be number one. Um, so the other thing you have to factor into Urban is, I think, what could have been because that's tricky. If there Urban is, were available, too, yeah, fifteen, and, yeah, yeah. If Urban's not available, and you come and and you're coming off of, you know, the tattoos and Trestle fired and all of that, which in retrospect seems so silly, um, but you're you're coming off of that, and you hire Bo Pelini, who was a name right. that had a lot of buzz to him at that point, or yeah. Kevin Sublin, which is yeah. another name that had a lot of buzz. If that's the hire, are we sure we're not Michigan now? Right. Because I'm not. I'm not sure. Right. We're not. So it was a critical part for the program. Um, and I think what Urban did, in, a, in addition to elevating us, which is the baseline absolute first thing elevated he did. Elevated the whole, the whole league. He elevated the whole league from an infrastructure standpoint. He also lapped Michigan. He strangled the Michigan program out. They're out. Yep. Done. Yep. So yep. Tress put them in a chokehold. Urban finished them, yep, and they're done. And it's so that's that I think is, and I agree with you. I, I think he is one. He uh, Scott has Trestle number two on this list. I think that's a, a just and correct number two on this list because of you think about what Tress did, national championship. We, we now feel we're entitled to him, but it'd been a long time. Yeah, <laughs> it'd been a long time, and you guys had a lot of at bats. At yeah, that. And to, to have a program that Tress built that off of everything that we've done, we've hired almost a better coach than the one previous, which is a remarkable thing and speaks to our hiring processes and how good the job is. But hadn't beaten Michigan in forever, hadn't won a national title. He delivers both almost immediately, the promise, all of it. I think he's without question number two in, in my view on this. And, and that those two hires, Tressel and Meyer, and we'll mm-hmm. see on day who's number eight on this list, they set up a 20-year reign of Ohio State football where if you go to the 90s, and this was a league that kind of bounced around who was the dominant team, everybody gets a run at it. Yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. We eliminated the competition in 20 years. We have Clemson, the, the Big Ten. You know, the way, the way they did it to the ACC is what we are now to this conference. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. You, the main difference is that when I was playing, you had the utmost respect. Not that they don't still, but you you had the big the the other Big Ten teams for the most part had your attention. You knew if you were going to mess around, it was going to be a long day, and it somewhat carried its weight through Urban a little bit, you know, because there'd be a one off of Iowa or Purdue, and you'd be like, "Come on!" But for the most part. There's been no doubt about Big Ten championships, but like under Coach Day and where he's been, you've, you're kind of in the sense of with the way the recruiting has just ratcheted up. Still, like there there hasn't been that hiccup with him. So there's really like I look around the Big Ten teams and the way they are. There's not a team that you're like, oh, okay, you know we got to be really ready. You know, I just I don't I don't get that sense. You know, like even I, I, he's going to say when talent equates when it comes to, I don't think talent equates on any roster in the Big Ten. 
I don't think Penn State. I don't think Michigan. Talent does not equate. No. Not right now. It maybe has in years past, but not this year. No. No, no, and and I think when you when you look at this, this is a, it's a great list from Scott, and you, and you think about, and I agree with his number three with Mark D'Antonio. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Are you kidding me? Rose Bowls, college football playoffs at Michigan yep. State. Yep. Come on, man. Yep. That wasn't in the cards at Sparty. Right. You got to go back to the '60s to find that. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. that's not that was not something in the brochure. And I agree with Ference at four. I know it is very easy. Uh, to to say to yourself, um, you know, he, he wins all the coaches. It's he's an easy punching bag for that. But I also think that that is a program that very astutely knows what it is and what it is not. And him having them relevant for twenty years and yeah. knocking at the Big Ten and winning nine games over and over again, to me, Iowa could be could fall off a cliff with the wrong yeah. hire, mm-hmm. off of a cliff. Yep. And if you think it is, you're immune to it. I mean, not saying necessarily that they would be Illinois, but look at what has happened at Illinois. That's a team that played in a Rose Bowl. Yep. Look at how far it can fall, pal. I mean, it, look at what's I happened. I love the at description like, he has for Iowa. Neither their offense or defense appears complicated, but it's as rugged as a two by four. Yeah, that's so true. Like when you watch them, you know what it's going to look like. You know who they are. You know what it's going to look like. You know, insert player type here. It's all the same. And yet, they're so well coached that if you slip up, they will own you with their consistency. Yeah. Pat, number five at Northwestern, speaks for itself. Uh, he has Franklin six on this list. Um, that was a that was a big hire. The Franklin hire was a big, big hire. I think the Bill O'Brien hire was every bit as important. Yeah. And it wasn't there long, but I do think that coming out of that scandal, which is as bad as any scandal's ever been, that dude, like keeping that thing on the rails, yeah, deserves a lot of credit for keeping it on the rails. It's hard for us because you feel like there's been a steady ascension of Penn State football since he got there until last year happened. So, yeah, you know, you're trying to you're trying to do you just skip last year? I think pretend? they are. They are Don't because recruiting seems to be like okay for 22, right? I mean, they're right up <laughs> there. To see here, they're right up there in the top. Uh, what are they, six in the 22 recruiting rankings? So mm-hmm. it seems like they just said, you know, <laughs> Control-Alt-Delete, season not responding. Let's close the software. To now, you, you know, so it's hard because you're like, okay, you have to, you're exactly right. Where were they with Bill O'Brien? And mm-hmm. Bill did a great job saving that thing. James has elevated it and just... I think last year was just such a disappointing season for them that you make it feel like, ah, but I think in context, I don't know. In context, this is a big year for James to see was last year really just something you should jump over or is that, you know, on par? Because if they have another mediocre season, Ryan Day will be ranked six next year. Yeah, it's just, there's not a, Ryan Day, it's so early, yeah. two seasons in. Yeah. I mean, certainly. His circumstances are so unique in that he is obviously gifted at what he does, but the infrastructure remained from Urban. Oh, yeah. So there, there's very few examples of this. Yeah. I mean, he was a coach in waiting without being a coach in waiting. Yep. And he walked into a situation that was unchanged, which is remarkable. 
I mean, it was such an incredible job the way that it was set up, and he's such a great coach that it, it adds up, and we've had the immediate results that we've had. Um, I like the two other you mentioned, the two Wisconsin ones. Chris, which you correct from Anderson, you get mm-hmm. let's get back to what we need to be, and you get Paul Christ. And I think Bielema was a great yeah. coach at Wisconsin. If Bielema doesn't leave Wisconsin, I think they – uh, you know, I, I think they pretty much have a stranglehold of the West for the last decade and a half. Yeah. I mean, he thought the grass was greener at Arkansas. The money was, you know. But the, yep. if he stayed at Wisconsin, I think that's that's a place where they have pretty dominant run here. I'm um, so interested that. to see what that looks like in Illinois, in Champaign. I just don't think there's much you can do there. I don't either. I think that's Look, as you hard. Just wait till the first. I'll tell you what. You just wait till the first upset, and he is not going to handle it with as much class as Lovey Smith does. He's going to be so chesty the first time they upset somebody. <laughs> oh yeah, it, I don't think. I think that's the toughest job in the Big Ten. I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've been yeah. to all of them. Oh gosh, yeah. Although they have an original pancake house there in Champaign, so that's a win. That's good for me. That's a win, and they have I nice like facilities. They do. Um, they do. You know, the facilities are fine. It's easy to get I, in and I out just, of. It's a lot easier than Rutgers to get in and out of after a game. Because yeah. where you stay at the hotel, you're walking distance. It's lovely for an announcer. Boom, walk right yeah. over, drive home. When you're in Rutgers, there's one street in, one street out. And surprisingly, it's always busy. <laughs> yeah, right. Harbaugh is number 10 on this list. I think that's too high for him. That hasn't worked. Yeah. It really hasn't. I don't know... Um, I don't know. It's one of the biggest. It's one of the biggest shocks. I'll tell you one that's got potential to be really, really high on this is Shiano. Yeah, it does. That's got. A, He's already had potential. One year in. Yes. Best well, record three yeah. and six. Doesn't matter. I'm not. I'm not last on this list. No. No, and he's recruiting like crazy. Like he's got a real chance. If if there isn't the tragedy at Maryland for DJ Durkin, and I I'm thought not he was glossing low. over it. I'm with you. He, but I think I'm it's because you. of what happened, right? Like, if, if that hadn't happened... If that hadn't happened... And you're responsible what happens higher. in your program, I think yeah. Maryland would be in a much different spot. Um, if, How if much does it happen. irk Nebraska fans that Scott Frost is one above Mike Riley? Well, you. so which one is more shocking to you? That Scott, as bad as Scott's been at Nebraska or as bad as Harbaugh's been at Michigan? To me, they're the same. Uh, Harbaugh and Michigan. I'll put Har- they are the same, but Harbaugh, Michigan, because Michigan at least has Ohio next door to recruit. Yeah, but Scott gets guys there and then they leave. I guess Harbaugh does that too. They both do. They both can't pick up. They both can't pick a quarterback. Um, so they can't you know, recruit they flirt one. Can't with develop one. They can't develop them. Um, I mean, you saw who Scott has as a quarterback coach. Harbaugh hired a running back coach and made him a quarterback coach. I guess. Um, and then put Mike Hart at running back coach. So who knows, man? Who knows? They yeah. they don't. All I know is that neither has developed. Um, this is what year four for Scott. He's still talking about establishing culture. Right. Um, Better be there. Is it year man. four or year three? I don't even know anymore. I think he's going um, into his fourth season. Yeah. His fourth yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that begs the question: Is there in, a more the confident West, slash cocky bunch of? Uh, combo than Bill Moose and Scott Frost? Especially without any real reason to be. I mean, at least, at least Scott has it as a player. It was it's like, been a long, long time. It was like press release. Big Ten announces home fans. It was like instant video. Welcome home! And like Bill Moose did the whole thing about how great their fan base are, how great their athletics is. It is. Like, it is. How, how long ago did you have that recorded? 
you've been just waiting to release right. that at the Big Ten, haven't you? Oh yeah, yeah, right. But at some point, you have to win something. Um, sure do. And what? And we'll talk. We're going to get into the Big Ten West conversation. Scott Doctorman, who wrote the piece, we'll ask him about it, um, and we'll ask him a little bit about Iowa football and and the Big Ten West and and where we're going here. Uh, we get into that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis, right here on the fan. Radio. It opens your mind to stimulating conversation and live sports. And best of all, it still costs zero dollars. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. First Fridays are a thing. Drinking bad bourbon is not a thing. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. I've been a customer of Jermaine Toyota for two years now. I'm not going anywhere else service my car need oil change new set of tires heck if you want a new car if you roll deep like mr bishop here go That's over right. there and get their award-winning camry just 232 per month 1500 down do what i did head over there say hello to buddy maybe de Lacey. tell him that james sent you you know where to go east on 70 5711 scarborough boulevard or online if you still want to do it on the line on the interweb jermaine toyota Net. This is a monster year for many of these programs in the Big Ten West in terms of what what's the next step. Yeah. We talked about PJ briefly. A lot of momentum. Falls flat last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. What's he going to do this year? No Barry Alvarez lording over at Wisconsin. Paul yep. Christ is there. Mertz is there. They seem to be the team that you point to, and their history. Tim Ray DK, who is a very talented four-star yeah. wide receiver there. So you're like, finally, they got a QB, a fast wide got out. Some dudes. Got some yep. dudes. Looks like they have a stable of running backs. Of course they do. They always will have an O-line. So take take the step, right? Take your step, Wisconsin. Yep. The, the future at Iowa. Rough year off the field in the last year or so at Iowa with all of the things that happened there. You fired longtime strength Trying coach, to follow the Kansas stuff. State program, you know, just take it yep. from senior Ferentz to junior Ferentz and just keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Nothing to <laughs> That's see what here. they tried to do. And then senior Ferentz came back. Sure. Or senior, uh, what's, what's the guy's name? Why am I Bill Snyder. Name? Yes, Snyder. Senior Snyder comes back and then he tries to do it again. And nope, they bring in, um, who's it, client? Who is it over there now? The, he was the guy North from uh, North Dakota State. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's actually so, a nice job. But anyway, that's is. Iowa, isn't Good it? Coach. Like that's program to where you're yeah, like, for pro- sure. they have to know their limitations. It's Kansas State. It's Iowa State. It's we're, we're, you got to be consistent and you got to coach your tail off. Because I I'm come from Minnesota. It's not a football rich. Like we have guys that come every now and again, but it's not anywhere near Ohio. It is not anywhere you know. So Iowa is a tough place for numerous reasons. Um, and for, Kirk Ferris has done an unbelievable job. And what's next? You got to have you got to have a plan. That's it. And I don't know what it is, but what's the plan for next? The the other two I want to get to briefly, and we'll get Scott in here on on this. Is uh, well, obviously, Bealum is interesting at Illinois. Although I think that's like I said, I think that's the hardest job. I think this well, could be a fireable you know, year. You can find a way to get guys like Rashad Mendenhall there, and you know Aurelius Ben and all of them. You can just I don't know. Uh, it's called. It's called. Yeah. It's easier now. Well, maybe it's let's, not. Let's maybe Ronnie Venmo Zook's around. Is a little more obvious. Maybe you can't just vent yeah. guys. Ronnie you know? Zook's not around to do though to pull that stuff off. Scott Frost could lose, use a little Ron Zook. You he know, should. he could yeah. use a little Ron bit of Ron Zook. Zook. Hell, just listen. Nebraska, Illinois, go down to LSU. Say, tell us your secrets. Was it cash? Was it credit? Was it deferred? 
Let us know your secrets, and then teach us to be as bold as you to say, NCAA, so what? Teach us your ways. The difference is, at LSU, the guys can drive to campus, and at the two places you just mentioned, the good players have to fly. I think it's a fireable potential year for Scott at Nebraska. I don't know how long you can go and not get anywhere. what record does he have to have not to get fired would be my question. (sighs) He's got to go to a bowl, and there has to be some positive momentum in recruiting. There has to be. Because yeah. everybody who was good that he's recruited has left. Right. They're all gone. So Yeah. And then and then there's Fitz at Northwestern who just mm-hmm. lords over all of it. Yep. Yep. Fitz is making the, they really are becoming Iowa because they have a I'm trying to think of how to word it. They are consistent as heck. They are tough as heck. There are limitations that are different than Iowa, right? It's more academic limitations. Um, But they are a team that is always going to be an impossible out for somebody. Even when they're not playing their their best and have have it going like they did a year ago. They're just going to be well coached and disciplined and tough and smart. And so the, the the free plays you get from maybe other schools where it's a mental error, it doesn't happen against teams like Iowa and Northwestern. And Northwestern has been the team that has danced in the title game the last few times. Yeah. No. They, and and right now, you Wisconsin looks to be the most formidable, certainly. I feel like uh, Minnesota's but, on the verge of tanking. I really do. I feel like they were right there with a chance to have serious momentum. And I just think yeah. with all that – Row the boat stuff that that just grows. I feel like PJ's or stagnant quick. Now he's oreless, yeah. just floating down the Mississippi, just, just meandering <laughs> his way down like Davy Crockett <laughs> and the River Bandits. Scott Docterman will join us. He wrote the piece on the best hires in the Big Ten over the last uh, in the in the forty years since Ferentz has been or the forty hires since Ferentz has been hired. Feels like Ferentz has been there forty years. We'll ask him about the future of the program as well and what has happened in the last decade plus in the Big Ten. That's coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. This spring football report is brought to you locally by Cardinal Health and by the OSU Four Miler on the fan. Ohio sports destination. Ohio State football spring practice report. A development this spring within the last few days. The announcement that a couple of Buckeyes plan to switch position groups. Ohio State running back Demario McCall and wide receiver G. Scott approached the coaching staff about possible changes in positions. Scott will jump from a deep wide receiver's room into the tight end room and McCall, who used the extra year of eligibility by the NCAA due to COVID, will turn to the other side of the ball and play cornerback for Ohio State. Ohio State head coach Ryan Day talking about Demario McCall's change in position it's so cool when you see somebody uh, bring it to you as opposed to a coach uh you know bring it to the player you know the guys on defense saw him do a few drills and kind of caught their eye right off the bat i know he's kind of you know done some different things for us on offense but this is a huge opportunity for him this report was brought to you by farm credit mid america and the american dairy association mid-east i'm matt andrews on the ohio state sports network presented by the james if you say something with confidence, then you can't be wrong. I, just, I, don't, I, don't, even, I don't even know. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bill Bishop, James Laurinaitis with you. Time to head out on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with our good buddy Scott Dockerman. 
covers Iowa for the Athletic and wrote the piece we were talking about in the Athletic of the the 40 coaching hires uh, since Kirk Ferentz has been at Iowa. Scott, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, James and I were, were kind of elaborating on this, and, and you, your first two are our guys, right? Uh, Urban and, and Tress. And and I the thing that we kind of settled on with, with Urban, um, and, and from a big picture perspective, and it really started with Trestle, though, was over 20 years how Ohio State has separated from the rest of this league. And it appears with Ryan Day that that separation is getting bigger and bigger and just continuing. You think about what the Big Ten was for years, decades before it. It was a, a league where there were a lot of teams that were getting shots at it. It appears that we've separated. From your vantage point, how do you see it? Absolutely. Ohio State is the flagship program. And, and really, whenever I get into discussions about East versus West divisional play, um, I always say, look, you remove Ohio State, and there is no difference between the East and the West. I mean, Penn State and Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, Northwestern, Michigan State, it's all pretty much the same type of team. Ohio State is what, <laughs> is what separates everybody. I mean, five out of the last seven titles. And uh, I think when you look at, at this piece, you know, specifically, you know, really for about a 20-year block from when uh, Woody was fired to when um, Jim Trussell was hired, there was that's when there was a lot of shakeup in the Big Ten. I think Hayden Fry did a good job of, you know, he became the first team. To, he took Iowa to the Rose Bowl, the first team in 13 years, that it wasn't going to be Ohio State or Michigan. And then he saw Illinois make pretty good hires at that time and Wisconsin with Barry Alvarez and and uh you know but once Jim Trestle came in he flipped the script on the on the Michigan rivalry first of all and that of course in that that first decade really mattered as to who was uh, the best program in the Big Ten and then secondly the way Urban kind of expanded upon that and just changed the the direction of recruiting um because I think Trestle still played, and, and James certainly could speak to this more than I, uh, you know, still played, you know, that really physical box football to some extent, at least on the defensive side, whereas Urban, you know, is just loaded with five stars. So I think the way that they kind of worked and, you know, almost handed a baton off to one another, um, Ohio State, what, seven titles under Trestle to then be able to hand it off to Urban, who just took it to another stratosphere, and Michigan hasn't been able to keep up at all. In fact, I would say they've fallen. And then the other programs um, have had rises. Michigan State's played well. Iowa's played well at times. Penn State certainly has been a worthy competitor. But nobody can catch Ohio State. And as you mentioned, I mean, Ryan Day in, in his first two years has been, um, you know, he, he's vaulted to number eight. And frankly, if uh, in other five years, he could vault to number three easy on this list. Scott, take us through the Big Ten West because we felt, goodness, PJ had some momentum, uh, and then it, it basically we, we think that he has stalled, and you could see a setback at Minnesota. Jeff Brom had a ton of momentum with Rondell Moore and then gets, what, three, four-star wide receivers to come after that, and then everything has stalled um, at Purdue. You got Bielema at Illinois. I don't know. What can happen as far as as building that program back up with him? But then you have Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin's going to have uh, it looks like they have the, you know with Merch their best quarterback, and they have a stable running back. So always be good running the football. Chimray Dika, wide receiver. Iowa's so steady. Northwestern steady, and then there's Nebraska, which has just been disappointing since Scott's gotten there. What's your sense overall on the western side of this conference, and and 
is it always going to be kind of people taking turns, or do you think there's a program that could get a grip on it? Yeah, I think really in the West, the separation is the teams that have an identity and understand what it is and self-awareness to, to really you know exploit those areas and, and emphasize them, and then the teams that aren't sure where they want to go. And I think there are three teams in the West that, you know, as you mentioned, that are always going to be near the top, and that's Wisconsin, Iowa, and Northwestern because they have stability at the head coaches, they have an, uh, a program identity, and then they recruit to those strengths, and they coach really well every single year. Now Northwestern has had some slip-ups, but then they've always rebounded, and, and I think they, they're always at a detriment to everybody else when it comes to certain areas. So um, I think you've got to applaud Fitzgerald, but you know, Kirk Ferentz, by the end of the year, they were the best team in the West, and it really wasn't close. They won their last six games, five of which were by at least 14 points. They had the, the top defense in the country. It was really unfortunate for them. They didn't get a chance to go to the postseason because of COVID at other schools and, and played Michigan because I think that would have been a bludgeoning. Uh, Wisconsin had a little bit of a slip-up, uh, you know, got beat handily against Iowa, but I think they're going to rebound just fine because, you know, they had, a, they had some COVID issues. They had a lot of injuries. Uh, that kept them really from surging at the end of the year. The other four schools in the West, to me, um, you know, they need to really kind of identify what they do well. And and Minnesota is, is better at that. Last year was kind of a fall-off. They had their own issues with COVID. In some ways, it's an asterisk. But defensively, they were hideous. But offensively, they were pretty talented. My question is, can P.J. continuously reload and play solid football um, each and every year? Because when you look at the at it holistically, he's had one great year, a couple of mediocre years. I mean, they were what six and six uh, the year before they went eleven and two. Nebraska, I have no idea what they're trying to do there. I really don't. I I've tried. I, I think everybody has looked at that and said, uh, you know, Scott Frost, he's going to be the team and the you know, he's going to be the behemoth of the West and coach them up there. They haven't done it and they haven't looked good doing it. And every time you think they're going to take a step, they fall completely on their face. I like what Illinois is doing a little bit with Brett Bielema because uh, he knows he knows how to compete in that division, which is run the football and play good defense. And he's got uh, you know it's it's a it's the flagship institution of that state. There's no other you know public division you know FBS programs to speak of um, other than Northern Illinois. But hey, you're Illinois. And then finally, uh, you know Purdue. Purdue's the type of team that comes out and just bites somebody because they're just so electric and it's been Ohio state in the past. It's been Iowa in the past, but they can't win the 50, 50 games very, or they get beat in them a lot of times. So uh, Brom's going to have to be more consistent. And I don't know if that's a schematic issue or a personnel issue, but I think this year is going to be real pivotal because he does make a significant amount of money to finish with a 500 record every year. It's just not going to work long-term. Scott, I think of the the program that you you cover primarily, of course, at Iowa and Kurt Ferentz in your list of forty coaches hired since he was hired at Iowa, and and success in and in this league it can be so fleeting. You it can be disappear, it can evaporate in a second. You look at where Michigan State is right now, and there can be off field stuff that leads to that. If I'm an Iowa fan, I'm going, man, we are blessed because of the run that we've had here. Uh, I'll put this one to you. What is it? What does the program look like in the next five years? What's the next ten? What is future pro? What does future planning look like at the Iowa program? That's a great question because I still think right now they're in the Ferentz mode. I mean, I we had a chance to talk to him after the season, and, and be, to be honest with you, with what happened last summer 
with the, the racial bias investigation. I wondered if it was, this was going to be year, the last year of his career. And instead, he was able to, to just completely change everything, the texture of the program, and, and do it in a way where by the end of the year, they were more cohesive than they ever were. And, and at the end of the year, Kirk said, look, I'm not thinking in terms of four to five months. I'm thinking in terms of four to five years. And he's still in good health. Uh, the program is probably on a better footing than it's been, certainly recruiting-wise. Uh, you know, with Kirk, Kirk's dip, was probably uh, had a higher floor than what you saw at Michigan State because from 2010 through 2014, they just, they were just very, very mediocre. They had really not a lot of talent. They played hard, but they just their results were in that 7-5 and five range, and that's just something you couldn't live with long term. But over the last five to six years, uh, they have you know their third in Big Ten wins behind Wisconsin and, and Ohio State, and they're tied with uh, Penn State. So I think they they're in a healthy spot. Now in the future, I don't know how much longer he is going to coach by ballparking. It is probably three more years. Uh, I, the, as far as a contingent, uh, you know, a plan beyond him, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Brian Ferentz. I just don't see that. I think that they'll have to go from the outside, but it also depends on whether or not the AD is still in charge there. And, uh, you know, what's the trajectory of the program. So I think they like what Kirk Ferentz brings. I think they like, the style of play suits where you can recruit and who you can bring in. And, uh, and so I think that's the, whatever, whoever comes in, I don't see any kind of radical departure because uh, at a place like Iowa, if you dip, you could dip deep for a long time. Boy, no kidding. Scott, great stuff. Appreciate your time today. All right. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, that's Scott Docterman, covers Iowa for The Athletic and wrote a great piece about the 40 coaching hires since Ferentz was hired at Iowa. We hit three things, you're officially endorsed. Up next, Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. If the fan were a baseball team, Morning Juice would be our leadoff hitter. A leadoff hitter who's slow and hits lots of homers. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan. Day drinking responsibly with a touch of class. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And it is the first Friday. Hit it, Chop. You drink for the wrong reasons. My generation, we drink because it's good. Because it feels better than unbuttoning your collar. Because we deserve it. We drink because it's what men do. That's exactly right. Today we're going to go Chattanooga Whiskey, our friends. A uh, lot of varieties out there. The 111 proof, the 91 proof, uh, two that I want to talk about. I want to talk about the 91 proof because as, as you know, the if you listen regularly... <laughs> I I like my bourbon in the 90 range, 90 to 94. I don't even mind a high 80s if it's if it's done right. But but I I like their 91. So I tried their 91. Very strong. Four grain mash bill on this. If you like and enjoy a sweet tea, this one's got a lot of that in the in the taste of it. Uh, certainly in the start of it, it's it's very good. There's a unique honey flavor to it. It is a high malt whiskey and you can taste the malt in it. it 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 allows for a very sweet finish on this and i tell you for a 91 proof if you are a high proof whiskey guy there's a nice bite on this one on the chattanooga 91 proof and so because of all of those reasons that is your officially endorsed on this first friday time for three things hit it chopper one Two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurenitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Number one for me, happy birthday to Buster Douglas, man. 
the champ, forever the champ, and and provided as a young, I'll never fit, forget watching him uh, as a young kid. My dad dragging my dad, and my uncle dragging me into a bar, smoky bar in Montana to watch uh, to, to, with the Mike Tyson thing, and uh, and and he is such a good ambassador for our city. So happy birthday, champ! All three of my things have to do with the zoo yesterday, <laughs> um, or maybe it was Monday. It was Monday. Anyway, number one. There's a new, um, it's called like Animal Encounter thing. Okay. I don't know when the last time you were at the zoo, but it's right to the About left six of the sea lion, um, the new sea lion exhibit mm-hmm. deal. And so anyway, we walk through the sea lion thing, and then we go around the corner into this animal encounter. And what it is basically is like some of the smaller, more unique animals, you can get close to them and all that, but it's just added space for extra little animals. So anyway, small, you know, African cats or, you know, stuff. There's this little cat sitting there, and a, <laughs> a mom comes up next to me. Oh, what are these little backyard animals? And the sign's right in front of us. Ma'am, no. These are native to South Africa. You will not find them in your backyard. Move along. Have some awareness. What is a backyard animal anyway? <laughs> I have no idea. This is not a little cat you're going to let in. Don't you see the leopard spot? When's the last time you saw a cat? out? Anyway, go on. Move on. My first thing yesterday, now I'm 99% sure of this because you can never tell with the mask, but basketball players kind of stand out, so I'm pretty sure I saw Zed Key at Target yesterday, but I didn't like say anything to him. I was just like, oh, that's Zed Key, just thinking in my head. time to say I'm chops. As we, <laughs> as we uh, were walking out, I, I told JLo, I was like, hey, that was Zed Key who was just in there, but I told her, yeah, I didn't want to bother him or anything. She goes, well, why didn't you say something like, what's up, 23, and give him the finger guns? And I was like, that's a great idea. So my <laughs> wife's cooler than me. I wish she would have recognized him, and then we could have done that. You should have had her. That would have been it if J-Lo would have done it. That really would have been if it, if she would have done the finger guns and, and said that. Uh, number two for me, I absolutely uh, love the Masters. Uh, it starts tomorrow. Um, the, the combination of the Masters and the Ohio State spring game that combo for me, and I love it when it can happen if they're on the same weekend. They're not this year, of course, but um, I, it's the like the official start of spring. Much yep. like the memorial is like, okay, summer's here. This is the official start of spring. There are things you can set your calendar by, the Masters and the Buckeye Spring Game. Looking forward to it tomorrow morning. My second thing, uh, walking around the Africa area of the zoo, there is a woman that we discovered just walking barefoot through the zoo. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know what else to say about it. Just we live in a society, man. Yeah. Well, like we've said before, sometimes just people watching when you're walking around. And I love our zoo. I have to preface it. I absolutely love it. That's why we're it's members. It's the best. That's why we're donors. Yep. But I'm just saying, look. Anyway, woman walking barefoot. That is all. Next. Animals don't have to wear shoes. Why should I? <laughs> there you go. Disney World posted pictures of Tom Brady on his most recent visit. Guy gets to go a lot. Looks like he enjoyed the new Star Wars Galaxy Edge part of Hollywood Studios, so that's great. But then Tom Quote tweets it, and he goes, I honestly just keep playing for the free trips to Disney World. Every time he tweets, it becomes a thing, and it's always good. He's very good at Twitter. I think he's as good at Twitter as he is at football, honestly. Same. Right? He's that good. Same. It's remarkable how good he is. Uh, finally, for me, Major League, the movie released today on this date, and to it's, it's to me... The funniest, most rewatchable sports movie of all time. Now, the reason, and I'm going to, this will, here's a segment for you, AR, coming up next. Uh, Caddyshack is hilarious, but I don't know that I can sit and watch Caddyshack from start to finish whenever it's on. Whereas Major League, yep, I'm in. 
good job out of them, and it still holds up Gosh, to this you day. You just gave Rothman his whole first segment. He's going to come on here. He's still bitter over the Happy Gilmore. Anyway, my last thing, <laughs> um, the amount of parents who have no control over their children, again, at the zoo, Yeah. the baby polar bear is nursing. Nursing. And as we're walking by, we have to hear this nine-year-old boy run back and tell his mom, Oh, the baby bear is sucking its mom's... Okay. Do you want to say mm. something to him? or Okay. I'm just going to keep it moving. We live in a society, mm. people. Girls, what do you say? Don't worry about it. Just keep it moving. Yeah, you're, you're Baby's just... hungry. Baby's hungry. My last one. Uh, I saw this on Twitter, too. Shock, uh, Shaq saw a guy buying an engagement ring in a store, apparently, and he this just decided awesome. to pay for it, walked up, gave the card. So two things on this. Shaq, really cool guy, and that's awesome that he can pass that along. We all knew that. Also, where was Shaq in October of 2019? Could have used him. <laughs> you could have used him. It would nice for Shaq to come through. Hey, enjoy your first Friday. It's a beautiful day. Make sure you act accordingly. Rothman and Ice up next. Bishop and Lorraine is right here on The Fan. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.